This week on Invasion of the Podcast, this episode may contain outdated pulp culture references. Are we Fandalorians of the Mandalorian? And is Disney Plus a must? And we find if Steve can hit the mark with these real or fake Hallmark Channel Christmas movie titles. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where you try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul, and to my left, as always, is Steve. Hello, everyone. And we were so eager to get started tonight that we almost didn't actually prepare properly. I uh, hit the button to start the show and realized that we didn't actually watch a trailer for our second news story. So we had to stop the show abruptly and turn it right back around because we were fighting the back seat. But we're good. You guys don't know that. I just had to mention it just because I thought it was funny that we're like, we're going to get done early. We're not going to prepare at all. Like, so I never prepare. I just show up with opinions. <laughs> that's, that's all. I've not I, even seen this. But, I, uh... I don't. I mean, I did, I have half form opinions, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a coworker walk by. Actually, it was a, a person, you know, that, a superior of mine walked by. I was like, oh, you look you look good today. Like I was wearing like, you know, like a dress shirt and khakis. Well, I mean, by ca- dress shirt, I mean polo. And I just told her, I was like, well, the truth is. I had, to, I had to dress up a little bit on Monday for something work-related, and then I woke up this morning and realized that I didn't really want to take the belt out of my khaki, so I put on a different polo and came to work. <laughs> so I just wanted to tell that story of like, oh, you look good today. I made the laziest decision possible to show up. So I, I just feel like gonna, that feeds into what just happened here. I thought you were going to just tell him like, uh, you know, a court date, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it has to hide the ankle monitor on the bottom. Of the, no, um, so yeah, uh, we're we're going to we're going to talk about some uh, Disney Plus and the Mandalorian. Uh, we have some uh, some fun news. We have a story Steve does not know about. Not not the story that we not the trailer that we didn't watch. We'll talk about that in a second because we did watch it because we care. We want. We would be weird to be like, hey. How about that t- trailer? Haven't watched it yet. I don't know. Um, and we have a game later involving a uh, Hallmark uh, Channel Christmas films that I know Steve's going to love. And by love, I don't know if he's going to love it at all. I I I wait to be dazzled. <laughs> you wait to be like every middle aged mother that's just waiting at home for that Christmas miracle to happen, and then it does, and you hear like uh, like charms in the background, and it's suddenly Christmas, and it's the it's the miracle of all miracles, right? I think we've discussed, and I know that it's not a lifetime movie, but like we all have our things that we watch at Christmas time during the holidays. You know, I think you've mentioned Christmas Vacation. It doesn't feel like uh, Christmas if you don't get to at least watch Christmas Vacation. Yeah, that's one. It's like my one of I think I have three that I'd, I'd like to get to each holiday season. Yeah, that's yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I two I believe two of them have been covered on the show. Uh, obviously, Scrooged. We covered that last year. Yeah. And I can't remember have we talked about. I feel like we did the Tick episode uh, with multiple Santas. I don't know if we talked about it specifically, but I had the the, the sound clip of um, it's a Yuletide okay. whenever he has the multi clause <laughs> that happens. Yeah, so we've not really talked about the episode in full, but I do remember that and I, I do enjoy it. Yes. So those are two that I have to watch, and uh, one that I I seem to come back to now every year, uh, and I only started rewatching it a couple years ago. 
uh, was the uh, 80s Brady Bunch Christmas special. It's awful, but I can't not watch it. <laughs> it makes me feel like it's Christmas. I don't know why. Sir, we talked about the Star Wars holiday special special last year around this time. That's true. That, that's okay. And like, I feel like now after um, now digging back into some Tales from the Dark Side, I feel like that. Um, what was it? Uh, what was the name of the, the episode that we watched? That was the the Christmas theme one. It was um, something Spirit Seasons or something. What was it called? Seasons of Change. Yeah. That episode is messed up, but it's a wonderful little Christmas story. So I think I'm going to watch that every year from going forward. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about some Hallmark uh, movies that are not any of that stuff we just talked about. Uh, before we get to our news, I, it's very important that I ask Steve because uh, he got to meet a, uh, a pretty cool person and a hero, I'm sure, in Steve's uh, pop culture life this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah, I got to go to Mystery Science Theater 3000 live. Uh, it was the... Uh, Roboticus Circus uh, Tour. Uh, it's being billed as Joel's last tour. Uh, for those of you who know who Joel is, Joel Hodgson on the show, he's actually Joel Robinson. But uh, Joel is the creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and uh, the host for the first five years of the show and executive producer slash... I, I I don't know, maybe showrunner on the current Netflix seasons? Well, because he was the one that was kickstarting it, and then the Kickstarter like did so well that Netflix picked it up, so I'm sure he's overseeing it. Yeah, and uh, I said to my wife, I'm like, we've gone to the last two. I'm like, if this is Joel's last one, I really would like to see that as well. Um, and my wife is always... She's always the one who's like, you know, maybe you want to do the meet and greet or something like that. And I'm like, no, no. But then when it was like, oh, this is his last, you know, show appearance, I was like, okay, th this might be a good reason to do that. So um, we went to, it was actually in Detroit. There were closer areas to us. However, most of them were on weeknights and I worked till seven, so we wouldn't have been able to make it. Um, or you could have just asked him to wait. Yeah. I'm like, listen. I don't Big think that fan happened. Ba paying for the meet and greet. <laughs> I worked till seven. Can we? Can you just hang out for a little bit? Uh, so we decided to make the drive up to Detroit and uh, go to the the show. I learned a couple things. One is that uh, I am not comfortable as a cosplayer. I've never <laughs> gone to an event. I as long as it's not a Cosby player, that would yes. be way worse. Uh, I've never gone to an event in sort of costume, but my Halloween costume this year was a Mystery Science Theater 3000 jumpsuit. So I had it, and I was like, you know what? I'll wear it because I'm doing the meet and greet, which comes with a photo opportunity. I'm like, what yeah, better way? Which is great. Like, the photo turned out really good. You were appropriate for the yeah. show. That was fun. Um, but I also felt really awkward and out of place. <laughs> it was like... I don't know, being a kid who went to school in a Halloween costume and everyone else is like outgrown Halloween, even though everybody there loved Mystery Science Theater 3000 and was there for it, I just, I felt, I don't know, really weird about it. So uh, I don't think I'll do any more cosplaying in the future. We'll put it that oh, way. Oh, please, please. Just, you got to go up and like elbow people and be like, eh? And then point yourself and be like, eh? eh? It's like the thing, right? Yeah. Huh? But uh, what was cool about it was uh, there was, I think, 12 of us who were in the meet and greet. And Joel just came out and sat in the audience with us and talked to us for maybe like 20 minutes. It was just okay. an open conversation where he just fielded questions. I did not have a question that I felt was worthy of asking. So I just kind of took back and sat back and took it in and just enjoyed getting to listen to him speak. Um, the things that I found interesting were... 
the first question that comes up all the time is, is are they going to do another Netflix season? And Joel was very quick to say, uh, I can't confirm or deny anything. I will say that we will be making an announcement about the future in coming weeks. Now, I okay. also should mention that Turkey Day special from Shout Factory was just uh, announced. They're doing it again this year. For those of you who are Misties, uh, will know that Turkey Day every year, uh, for the last couple of years, they've brought back Turkey Day, which is where they run a marathon of Mystery Science Theater 3000s, and they have wraparounds by Joel. Um, it's the they used to do them back on you know Comedy Central back in the day when the show originally ran. Um, so I have a feeling that we're going to get some sort of inkling about what the future of the show is going to be with uh, with that Turkey Day announcement or with that Turkey Day special. Since he said it's coming in a few weeks, and that makes sense. I mean, you got to think the budget for that cannot be that high, like relative to other Netflix programming. Yeah, but I'm not sure where they're going with it because there were a couple of things that were obvious about this show one is is that jonah isn't in the show it's just joel oh really yeah wow okay so and i'm not saying that like oh there's some sort of like you know <laughs> there's some sort of problem between joel and and uh jonah it's just that jonah was on the first two and this one was just joel by himself hmm. however the show introduces a new character that is supposedly going to be the person who's taking over for joel at least in the live show joel leaves and they they pick this girl who's sort of been helping him throughout the show. Okay, uh, as his successor. That's so okay. That's cool. I mean, I feel like the format you could plug and play other people. Correct. Yeah, I'm not saying that you can't. I just what I found interesting is is that we don't have anything from Netflix yet or from Mr. Science Theater about what the next few, what the next thing is going to be. But the fact that they've done tours three years in a row. And then called this Joel's last one makes me think that maybe they're not going to continue as a show and it's going to be a live show from now on hmm. um, with, you know, this new girl who she was funny. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm happy to see anybody as the host. Uh, but with Jonah having just taken over, it seems it seemed a little odd. Yeah, I don't know. Like I in, in a meta kind of way, it would be really entertaining. I don't know. If Netflix could, if they would actually be able to take it on the chin, it'd be funny if they said, okay, fine, we're going to do another season, another eight episodes, but it's going to be all like original Netflix films that we already have available. Oh, yeah, that's what they should do. How Absolutely. great would that be? Like, just them, them just kind of turn it on themselves. And ha so that way you could pick a movie, like, I'm going to watch this. Like, okay, well, yeah, but we also have this. Yeah, but also, like, uh, um, the first. Uh, season they did a promo that was them watching. I don't know the Stranger, first, the first couple of Stranger Things. Stranger, they kind of yeah. poked at it. It was amazing. Oh, I, was I would, like, I would love a season's worth of. I mean, I know they wouldn't do it, <laughs> but how great would that be if they're like, by the way, we're just going to do this now with like Stranger Things every episode. Right. I would go back and watch that because I think it'd be really entertaining. I would as well. Yeah. Um, but it also, I thought the question was maybe, maybe they're going to continue Jonah on a show. Uh, for Netflix, and maybe she'll just do tours. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, it's interesting to see. You know, well, because the ownership of that's a little different because they because Netflix picked up the distribution for those episodes, which I mean, I get, this will kind of tie into our main topic with talking about Disney Plus, which we have a story about them before we talk about that in full. It gets a little weird, right? A little murky in terms of like who owns what and and who can do what. So. And I know that there is the cinematic Titanic, which was was that that was um, that was Joel, Joel. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also like 
I just saw that there's the Mads touring around doing their own thing, and then yeah. you have riff tracks. Like, there's all these things that are kind of like splintering off from this original thing. So, like, sure, the the live show would be fun. I know I went to the one. I know like the the first time they toured, I had a great time, and I know you caught you've caught them since. Um, I hope that never stops. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I. I, I hope there's more for Netflix because again, the budget on that cannot be super high. And I feel like it's like, it's such a weird niche that like, why wouldn't you want to make that available? Especially right now when we talk about like, like Disney buying everybody, you, you got to have some original content and original or not even original, not the right word, um, legacy like content. And I know Mr. Science theater is kind of the, if, if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, it may not be for you, but if you're I, not, you're wrong. Well, that's true. <laughs> I agree with I agree with that completely. However, I feel like that's another like another you know, bolt in your gun of like we have this, no one else does. Right. Well, the other thing uh, too, when it comes to Mystery Science Theater three thousand, is is that uh, you know I don't know how much Joel get. I know part of the reason that they did the tours is is that like unfortunately, even though he created Mystery Science Theater three thousand. It's not like Joel became a millionaire. Yeah. Um, I know that like part of the reason that they're doing the tours are because, you know, it was an opportunity for him to finally make some money off of something that he created that makes people happy. Yeah. Um, I can say that, you know, during the, the chat he brought up when he left the show originally, that like it was it, he, he painted it a lot darker than I had realized was at the time. Um, and he said that, you know, it, would, it had been some time before he could actually watch Mike. And, you know, he's like, because I didn't watch the show after I left, just simply because he's like, what am I going to say? And what am I going to, you know, he's like, I can't, you know, really watch the show and separate myself from it. And he's like, um, you know, and, and Mike did his own thing. But when he left, it, it sounds like it was a much, I don't want to say angrier, but... It sounds like he left under. I thought it was a more of a, a cordial leaving mm-hmm. of the show, and it was over. I believe just ownership of where the show was going and how it was going to be. Um, well, because wasn't the big thing was, and I, 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 I know this is going to be a much bigger topic, was that Joel wanted to fire more from the hip, and Mike wanted to actually be more prepared and actually like scripted out more because he felt like it would be a better product if you actually kind of plan plan the beats. As opposed to just riff. Well, that that I can't say because I I don't know. What I can say is is when they brought up you know improv in the questions, he said that like almost nothing's improv. So he's like, uh, this stuff is written by people who are really funny when they're given a chance to write, as opposed to improving. But weren't so, the first couple seasons of the show them actually just riffing like and like they'd watch they the movie. prepared like they were they were looser okay. sure but they still did a lot of prep okay so I, I think that was becoming the big dividing line was that he wanted to be a little bit more loose with it and i think it was starting to I, yeah i not not i mean again this is just from what i think i remember which is foggy at best right. so and and you actually met one the, the man who created this so i defer to you um well no I'm not i defer that the rest expert, of my time to steve but uh good luck with the next 90 minutes i'm it, just gonna go over here in the corner no i just i did not know that it had gotten that heated when he left and uh you know i i could certainly understand you know his reticence of you know coming back to it and uh having to field questions all the time about like six or seven seasons that he wasn't even a part of. So I, I certainly Yeah, that had to be that. tough. 
Um, but yeah, overall, uh, show was great. Uh, the movie was No Surrender, No Re- No Retreat, No Surrender, which is a '80s uh, karate movie in which the spirit of Bruce Lee comes back to create to to train a kid who was beat up by Jean Claude Van Damme, and uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I that sounds I, that sounds like a canon film, kind of almost. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's got some of the worst uh, of canons bad tendencies in it um for instance one of the villains is a fat guy because of course um (laughs) and literally when we first meet him he's just standing outside eating a cake (laughs) like he's holding a cake and like eating it while he's watching the kid move in that's that's, you know if you have a whole cake but of course he's got it all over his face and his shirt is too tight yeah uh and then the next scene we see him and he's uh at a hamburger place uh, eating hamburgers and and he's got like ketchup and mustard all over his face. So clearly there was no stereotyping about fat people going no, on. No, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, I'm jealous of the cake having, but you know, whatever. Uh, so okay, well, I mean, I'm glad they had a good time. I'm sorry that there was some uh, some. Not sorry is not the right word. It's just that when you start kind of finding out like these are real people and there's real conflicts, it's sometimes and I don't think it's ever going to dampen your appreciation or love of the series, and not mine either. But it's like it's like when I found out that uh, Jamie and Adam from MythBusters really aren't friends. Yeah, it kind of put me back well, a little I don't, bit. I don't get the feeling that he's not friends with like Mike no, and them. No, I yeah, I, I got the feeling that. Uh, um, some of it's bittersweet when he has to field questions. I think is, that, is that's more fair. Of, okay, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, you you had a much more eventful weekend than myself. I uh, went and played poker with some friends on Friday night. Lost my money because it's what it, what you do when you play poker. Like, I you know you always in the back of your head you're like you know I'm smart enough I can figure this out. And then two hours later you're like I didn't figure any of this out. Like, and it was even like a friendly room. Like in terms of like oh I don't know what to do next and people will tell you like because yeah. I'm. You know, I love the movie Rounders. I'm not good at cards, I guess. You know, but it's like, well, there's 52 of them. Like, I know, I know the different suits and things. You know, it'd be fine. And yeah, so I lost my money, but whatever. It was, it was fun. I think, I think playing poker is just an excuse to sit around a table and eat snacks and drink. Which mm-hmm. I don't. I, but my argument is, why do you need cards? <laughs> you could just be like, hey, everybody, want to come over and just eat snacks and drink? We'll sit in a circle. And then eventually one of us will have all of our money. I think that will be, I think that's a better way to go. But uh, on Saturday, um, we went to go see uh, Jojo Rabbit. Which oh, is how the, was that? The, 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 the uh, was it um, Atika Watiti? I, I always mess up his name, so I was trying to make sure I said it the right way. Atika Watiti's film. It was wonderful. Uh, it is a, they have to keep saying it's a, it's a satire and it's a farce in the trailers. It's like, well, no shit. It's set during the last days of World War II in Berlin with the kid who is like, believes he's part of like the Nazi youth. Like he wants to be part of a group in his imaginary best friends, Hitler. Like how that, that this is not a documentary. Like, and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Tika Watini plays Hitler, which is great. You know, and, uh, it, it the movie, it, it does this, it does a thing which makes sense where, like you go to about like the fifty percent mark, and it's just you know, just ridiculous, and then it starts shifting into more serious, and the jokes kind of stop. It doesn't ever stop being entertaining, but it's like you have to come to the reality of this is a kid living in Germany in the, at the end last days of World War II, and he's being faced with the reality of like he's been taught to hate Jewish people, like like um because w- he's had no no contact with them, so he believes, and when he comes face to face with one. His worldview starts changing, you know, because it's not the thing he thinks it is. 
Um, but but the the best part about it is, I mean, all the performances are amazing in the film, and it's really irreverent. It's like if Wes Anderson would not like be so up his own butt about a film. That's how I describe it. Where it's like it's charming and funny, but it's like just don't take yourself so seriously, Wes Anderson, because he always wants to be like. I don't know if you like Wes Anderson or not in his films. Like, uh, have you seen a Wes Anderson film? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you like him or not. I, I don't know. Uh, I, just, I, I think he's okay. I think uh, some of his... I, I, I think he's an acquired taste. We'll put it that he, way. The, I don't think he's the, bad or anything No, 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 like no, no, no. I love his films, but, but there's, his, there, there's, a weird, there's a weird pretentious, pretentiousness about it sometimes where it's like, just kind of get over yourself. And it's like, let the jokes just go, you know, like... Like even something like the Fantastic Mr. Fox in like in like um, Isle of Dogs, uh, it's like they're great, but it's like just I get it. You want to make art films that are entertaining, but you can. It's okay to just let the jokes be jokes, you know. And I feel like uh, Tiko Watiti is more like, yes, I'm going to get make, get emotional and make you feel feels, but if I'm going to go for the outrageous moment, it's going to be outrageous. And so it, it's it's a wonderful film. I highly recommend it. People should go watch it. Like I'm, I don't want to ruin any of the jokes. It's just the notion of a ten year old boy. And his imaginary friend being Hitler, just the way that imagination of Hitler talks to him. Like, it's like, it's in his mind of what the Fuhrer is. <laughs> the things that he says to himself, in essence, is really entertaining. It's just, I, and Sam Rockwell's great at Scarlett Johansson should get like an Oscar nod for being like the mother figure in this. Like, and I mean, it would not surprise me if the film actually ends up getting some Oscar like buzz in terms of like best picture or best director. Like, just because it threads that needle of like, making fun of but there's a point and not and not letting the nazis off the hook for okay. like everything i sam rockwell's character it's like you feel like well the, the guy was a frontline like you know soldier and you cut you get to know why his character you know who he is and what happens it's like you feel a little sympathy there and it's it's a little weird because it's like this dude was like you know fighting but it's almost like he you get the notion that there's some germans that they know why they're in the war they don't agree with everything that's not trying to water down what happened, but I guess there is a reality that even in Berlin, like most parts of the city were like, we don't think this is right. So it, it presents this like more layered idea of what was going on there versus like pure evil and pure good, you know? So, but it, it's just, it's a riot seeing all like his, his imaginary friend Hitler showing up in different scenes and reacting to things highly recommended. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'll check it out. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, that, look at that. 20 minutes news. That's what we do here. Um, but let's just, let's not 20 minutes news. 20 minutes our weekend. Now let's just get to some news. Good news, everyone. So, Steve, do you get questions about like about like the first hundred episodes of the show that you can't field answers on just because you're like, I wasn't there? <laughs> Is that what happens? Well, unfortunately, no one asked me about this show, <laughs> so thankfully, I don't have to answer any questions. I had another talk at work today, not not related to me being lazy and putting on like dressier clothes. Um, someone was like, "You're really really funny," and I and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know." whatever self-defense mechanisms they're like are you a stand-up i'm like no i was like that's why a podcast and i was like and that's why my family doesn't listen to me they're like oh you do a podcast i'm like yeah they're like we don't listen to podcasts so i'm like oh like what why did you ask me that if you don't actually if you're not going to listen like i just felt like that was like oh 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 <laughs> i think the uh, the only good questions i've fielded were from my brother who uh, I think listened to about three episodes, and I think he bowed out because I haven't heard from him in a couple oh, of weeks about uh, the show. I probably ruined that special uh, relationship. I'm sorry. But, uh, 
he quite enjoyed Mr. S, so uh, there will be Mr. S, yes. Um, no, I uh, I can thankfully say that no one ever ever asks. I me mean, there's the paparazzi podcast. outside my house every time we're done recording, <laughs> and there's just the throng of fan that this is outside. <laughs> All right, so uh, okay. Um, news. All right. The first thing we're going to get to is we're going to talk more about Disney plus here in a little bit, but so it just launched yesterday. Um, well, I mean, it was available. It wasn't working all the time, but we'll talk more about that. when We talk about our general feelings about it with the library of films available. They're actually putting a little statement with some of them. Like they'll give a description of the film and it says, this program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural, uh, depictions. So, so the films like Dumbo, Peter Pan, um, oh, what else? Uh, I'm sure I could throw a dart probably and find all sorts of other ones too. Uh, there, there's a few there that they're actually just putting up that um, that they're like, yeah, times have changed. Consider it. And when I sent you the story, Steve, you said you didn't have strong feelings one way or another. Um, give your give your side of things, and then I'll, I'll give my take on it. So yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm 45 years old. I am well aware that you know material made 50 years ago is not going to have the most uh, contemporary of approaches towards um, culture and uh, race and race. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm aware of that. Um, so I honestly I don't have an issue with them putting you know something on there to be like hey you know uh, this is a product of its time um i realize that there are kids who are watching this and probably won't know that and they won't know some of them may not even know what <laughs> what it is that they might be pointing to with those statements unfortunately but yeah like if um, they watch dumbo with the, the crow singing their songs they may not realize that it's actually taking like a minstrel quality yeah. to those crows and they're very much like a very um, wrong, like stere- not stereotypes, not the right word, characteriza- characterization. Uh, yeah. You know, it's bad, but it's you can still watch it. You know, yeah. Yeah. and and at the same time, I also understand. You know, I, I think they're damned if they do, if they damned if they don't. So if they just edited it out, people would be like, "You're you know editing original content from you know sixty years ago. You should leave it be as is." You know, and I'm I'm actually more in favor of that. I think it should just be left as it is. I don't have a problem with the warning. But again, I can understand the desire of being like, ah, this is really offensive. It's like the Cleveland Indians thing. Like, I was never one of those people. Like, I, I, I don't care about Chief Wahoo. I don't have any sort of like, you know, I, I, I absolutely understand why people don't like Chief Wahoo and why they got rid of it. I don't yeah. have a, I don't have a strong horse in that race of like, we should keep the tradition of. You know, a, 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 a racist car, a emblem, a cartoonish as, yeah. reddish face, Native American grinning. <laughs> yeah, yes. so I mean, I, I absolutely understand them changing it. So, um, you know, I so I understand that desire as well, just because you know sometimes things that were made fifty years ago aren't going to be <laughs> they aren't going to be uh, to, to today's sensibilities, unfortunately. I, so you're, you're absolutely right. I agree with that, right? So, and like, what was it? They also mentioned like the Lady and the Tramp. Uh, there is a song on there with the two Siamese cats that are, it's very much like, uh, very much a lot of Asian stereotypes throughout mm-hmm. that. And there's other things. And so, and when they did the, the new Lady and the Tramp that's just come out exclusive on Disney Plus, they have a new song <laughs> and, and different animals involved. And it's like, okay, that's that, fine. What what frustrates me about this is that you can state 
this may have, you know, culturally inappropriate portions. Why, why don't you have like an extra that you can click on to be like, here's a discussion of why and where we're at and what we could do to further beyond this, like get, get the reaction of the other parties involved. Meaning like if, if this is um, like in Peter Pan, I'm sure they're talking about the native American bits in there with like the lost boys. Why, why don't you have like, like, I mean, don't make it boring. Like, but like, so one of the, the neat things about Disney plus is that you can go through and there's actually like extras for everything. Why not take the time to actually try to like, like um, bring an actual significant discussion in involved with this. So, um, so that way, if, if a parent wants to show a kid a film of like, Hey, this is one of my, one of my favorites as, as a, you know, a child, I love Peter Pan. However, when this was made, this was, this was a different time that doesn't forgive what's going on uh, here. Here's why it is wrong. And here's what, you know, Disney's doing to take steps to not do this again. Like I would be, I think that would be much better to provide a supplemental discussion around it. So I don't know if they're doing that. I think they're just like, just be careful because then you have people that could just like, and I know it's, it's, it's personal. They can, people can make their own minds up about what they want to watch and not want to watch and how they would present it to others. But just being like, Oh, this may be a bit touchy in terms of where we're at now. I don't think is enough. I think that there needs to be a reckoning of understanding. Um, and I, and maybe it's because I, like I, I mentioned last episode, I've been listening to that podcast. You must remember this. That's doing a six part series on song of the South, which is a film that Disney made that is, um, not aged well in terms of its portrayal of African-Americans in post-Civil War, the South, right? And you start learning more and more about that film and 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 like Walt Disney knew what he was doing at the time. And it, it, you find out like he, it's, it's really complicated. You guys should listen to that podcast. It's really well laid out and you're going to be like, oh, that just feels bad all around. <laughs> but, but like, so, so Disney's not making that film available. Fine. Makes sense. But when you do Dumbo, where you have like you know the black caricatures of like of crows with black people and all that and being terrible with with the way they're presenting them and the way they're it's like oh this might be inappropriate it's like okay great inappropriate how like it, just face it and explain why as opposed to being like it might be like I don't that just feels like it's leaving it, it it's, there's no ownership of the things that this company put into motion that are part of these like endearing classics. I think there's a social accountability of that. I think my counterpoint to that though is, is that isn't that if, if your idea is that, you know, Disney should own up to it and have some sort of supplement that explains what those uh, cultural stereotypes or issues may be. Isn't that the job of the parent to educate their kid? Great, like, but what if the parent doesn't have access to that information? Okay. But <sighs> Shit's it's getting like, real here on Invasion. Well, no, I mean, I, I've never quite understood, um, you know, parents who complain about a kid seeing an R-rated movie. Like, there was a warning on there that said that this was an R-rated movie, and it had boobies in it, and it had guns, and it had, you know, the F-word. Um, you were aware of that. Should there be a supplemental material, you know, for every movie now that comes out where, like, say, Ryan Reynolds comes out and is like, in Deadpool 2... <laughs> We use the words blank and blank. Okay. We also have depictions of, you know. Yeah. There's lots of talks sexual of, intercourse. of butt stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, um, like, no, my point is, is that 
you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. This is Disney Plus. Disney always puts out this squeaky clean, like wholesome family thing. And if they're going to put these out there, then they need to have a little bit of conversation about it. This isn't the same thing as labeling this movie's been rated G and R because of racist undertones. That That's not the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, you could almost say that they might as well have put this on The Simpsons. Because there are episodes of The Simpsons from 30 years ago. People don't like the way that Apu has been portrayed. Yeah, and I think that they need so, to... So, like, are they going to then put something on Disney Plus where they're like, hey, Apu's an awful stereotype, and, you know, even though your dad thinks it's funny, <laughs> uh, it's wrong. Like, I, no, I, I guess I, I just I don't think, know... I think that I just, just when you're just saying it, it contains things that are culturally inappropriate, it's like, yes... You're, you're you're stating what it, it may be, but it's almost as if like oh 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 we've called it out. That is enough. That is, I don't think that is enough, especially for. So this is me going back to my my soapbox, my very very tiny tiny soapbox of listening about the Song of the South film. It was released in the '40s, re-released in like the '60s and '70s, I believe, and then one other time in the early '80s. This film eventually made a lot of money for Disney. And now they say, well, it's probably not the best thing to put out there. Okay, fine. Just lock it away forever. Don't make it available. Bootleggers will sell DVDs at every convention you go to. Um, Fine. But with this other stuff where it's like, we're going to keep making money off of it. I think they have a responsibility to talk about it. That that's all that's I I think that there's ways to do that. I think there's ways to do it. Um, because you're right. You're gonna set somebody down in front of a TV and be like, here, watch whatever you want. And I just feel like it might be I don't know. Like I just something about it, I just feel like it's a half measure on Disney's part to be like, oh no, 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 no. We acknowledge the elephant in the room that can fly and also the racist crows that are talking to him. But it's like it's I don't they they made those decisions back then, like and they made a lot of money off of it. And now they're still making money off of it. So how can they profit off of saying, well, it's inappropriate. That's the part that just kills me about it. I, I, I guess, I guess we have to agree to disagree in the sense that I, I feel like, uh, that having some sort of extra where there's a bonus discussion for every single movie that they have that might have something offensive. Like, where do you draw the line at that point then? That, that's fair. But if, if, so there should have been a disclaimer at the beginning of Star Wars that uh, A New Hope that's like, uh, this film is not presented in its original presentation that was released in 1977. We've changed Greedo yet again. And I hope that George Lucas, I think at this point he's just trolling us. I'm pretty sure that like before he left, he's like, we've got 72 versions of the Han versus Greedo. Every time there's a new release, just throw a new version in there. We've got one where Han is suddenly wearing a dress. We've got another one where uh, Greedo turns into Jar Jar. It's going to be amazing. I, I honestly, I could just like see him I, laughing. Like, I, wait till they get a load of this. I, you know what? I wish they would. They'd be like, listen, some some sequences have been rechanged that may uh, be upsetting to some yeah. audiences. Like they like, honestly <laughs> should put that on there. And I need to have I need to have a discussion group of just Lucas sitting like just on like just like a bar stool in front of like like a crowd of people and just be like, yeah, let's just talk about this. Let's just, <laughs> let's just feel our feelings. But. I mean, if there was a series on there that was looking at the history of their animation and, and addressing these things, I could I can certainly understand that I wouldn't poo poo that. I just think that okay, asking that's... for like a, a every movie to have a special feature where they they tell you why it's bad 
I just feel like that's a line that just is going to, I don't know. It, it's a step too far, in my opinion. Okay. So, so all right. But look at know, that. This is Steve and I just, we disagree on it's something. It's our last show. Okay. Oh, so you guys can ask it. me, why did you leave Invasion of the Podcast? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, here's my new co host, a girl I, I just met. <laughs> and she seems pretty good. We'll find out. No, I just, yeah, I, I understand your point and I acknowledge your point. It doesn't it doesn't mean I'm comfortable with what they presented. How about right. that? And I'm just one person. My wife's already bought like I don't know every year ever available of Disney Plus, so they have our money. So who am I? Well, also like I said, like I I'm also not of the opposite side of that where, you know, because I will see, and it's not because of this, but I, I've seen in the past where people have complained about oh they cut such and such out of a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, you know, uh, and like. I'm like, yeah, but was it like central to the the cartoon that you're watching? Like, does it really bother you that? It, so I don't have like a strong opinion that way either. Where I'm like, eh, if they cut out the racist thing, fine, okay, don't care. Yeah, no, I, so. I, I can see the point too. Of just being like, I'm not gonna go ju- die on that bridge. Ju- no, of- no, 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 just like just like the abject violence in all the Warner Brothers cartoons. Right. Like, yeah, I get it. It's like you know, go up to kids and be like, listen, back then we really believed you put a cigar in your mouth and it exploded, you'd be perfectly okay. Like, I I I, I understand that. Yeah. It's just i just i just feel like you know people know why they're going to disney plus and again we'll talk more about it in a second but it's like oh here you go here's all these well and i will like, say that I, this probably feels more like a lawyerish move than anything i probably, will say that ma'am. it's probably not something that's really based out of disney taking a good faith look at themselves and being like wow we did some some things that are really questionable back then no like, i mean because if you guys want to really dig into um disney as a man and the decisions he made Whoo! Like there is, there like we're all human, and we all want to we all want to make as much money as possible for ourselves and whatever, and and have people love us and change. Like, I, it, there, there's there's these things where like people make decisions. You're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the right decision, but it's like you weren't them, and you don't know their motivations, and that doesn't forgive them. But you can understand they're human beings, and they want this, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and he was he was pissed that like. Um, with Gone with the Wind and there's another film that was like these big epics that were about like this revisionist history of the South. He's like, I'm going to make mine. And then when it didn't do so well at the box office, he blamed everybody else for it. So it's like, that's the human reaction to it, <laughs> yeah. right? So like, yeah. Anyway, I, again, I, I want to recommend, um, you must remember this. Uh, they're now on their third or fourth episode of the, the series about Song of the South. It's it's well worth a listen. So anyway, and I'm gonna recommend if you're gonna watch Star Wars, you should uh, go look for the uh, fan uh, reproductions of the original trilogy as they were presented in the theaters. So okay, side story, <laughs> real quick. Side story part part B with the whole change to a New Hope on Disney Plus. What? So I read about it. So what makes that se- sequence different? There is a, a, an it's additional... the Han it's the Han shot first sequence and um yeah. yeah. So it's an additional, like, I don't know, two or three seconds of cutting back to Greedo saying something else before he shot, and then you don't actually see him shoot. It's it's weird. It's like another edited version of it. It just... it. The more changes he makes, the like the more weird it gets. It's just like, well, that wasn't there before. Why is that there suddenly? So it's not like oh, it changes the evolution of the movie or you know it it's the trajectory. Have, it doesn't have Hans' head shift to the left unnaturally. That's still there, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, but it's like right before the gunshot would go off normally in the film. There's an extra like three seconds of of Greedo saying another phrase. He talks like a Hubert. 
That's yeah. <laughs> and but what's weird is is that like it's clearly recycled footage from like a second ago. So from like, you know, 10 seconds ago, so it's just it's weird. I don't okay. know what the decision was. I I honestly don't understand what the the whole that's a whole story that we could a conversation we could have on just the character of Han Solo, but I, I we'll just say I, this. We'll say this. <laughs> him him realizing that like, you know, this person's just they're not paying attention. It's gonna not gonna end well for him if he doesn't make the decision and pulls the trigger reflects very much on our discussion about the Mandalorian the first episode. And they make a decision that it's like, oh, how hard is that in terms of just showing it as a story? You yeah. know, so we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just you know, it's 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 very odd, <laughs> and like of all the changes that he's made, I think that that's the one that people harp on the most. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like with every edition that's come out since '97, he keeps changing it, I think is is what people really get upset about. At this point, I just think it is a joke. I honestly think he just. I hope so. I really do. He's just like messing with people. <laughs> Like, um, like I, I'd love it if he walked around with the t-shirt and said Han shot first. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. So, all right. Next story that's an actual story. So, uh, the, we, this is the thing that we forgot to watch before we start recording. Um, Blumhouse just put out a trailer for Fantasy Island. Uh, no one saw this coming. It just was dropped. And it's a horror film about people showing up on this wonderful island and they get their one fantasy and it doesn't go the way they want. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I wish I could say that I have some sort of like, you know, deep attachment to Fantasy Island so that I have an opinion on this that is, you know, based in uh, having watched the show. But I watched the show as a kid. I, right before we started, I'm like, I don't remember, like, you know, did the things that happened on the island really happen? Were they illusions? I'm like, I honestly don't remember. And so with that, I don't have any sort of like hard-lined sort of hot takes that I can I can have uh you know of putting it against the original series cuz like even with something like uh Charlie's Angels which is getting yet another reboot like I remember when that movie came out 15 20 years ago the the first one with Drew Barrymore you know people were up in arms about that and I don't know I <sighs> It's not like T.J. Hooker was some classic. <laughs> no, my, so so the two Neither things I say. Neither is Fantasy Island. So, like, I feel like this is this is a wonderful like way to take this and kind of just turn it on its head. I think that's fun, and uh, Blumhouse is the perfect thing to do that with. Uh, so, my question for you: This is the reason why I wanted to watch the trailer, which it, it looks like it's going to be actually like fun and messed up. I'm down. Like, it has Maggie Q in it. You have my attention, uh, just because I think she's absolutely gorgeous, and I'm like, if I could see more Maggie Q, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I wear my, my love of Maggie Hugh in my sleeve. I get it. But, and also you have, um, a Michael Pena. I, I love him too. So this will be, I think I'll enjoy this movie a great deal. So what lighthearted fantasy or sitcom would you like to see rebooted as a dark and twisted horror film? That's my question to you. That's why I wanted to watch this trailer and ask you this question. Well, I was going to say, uh, not quite a, a horror film, but a dark version of Cheers. Where- <laughs> Everyone realizes they're an alcoholic. Oh, and it, and the where it, everybody knows your name. The movie hey, starts hey. in the in the yeah. The movie starts in the bar, and then like the end, the last half of it just takes place in like a church basement it, and at an AA when, movie. Uh, when um oh uh, when Norm shows up, everyone's like Norm. He's like, my name is Norm. Like you know like. <laughs> 
Um, but I'm trying to think of uh, something that I would want turned into a horror movie. Um, My name's Cliff Clave, and I've not told an irrelevant fact for the last hundred days. Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> um, wow. I'm trying to think. Um, Perfect Strangers, I think, needs to become a horror film. Where you know, where it uh, becomes like single white female with Larry and Balky, <laughs> like Balky's the long lost cousin <laughs> from overseas. He just like we're, I'm just like I'm living with you now, and you just don't know what's about to happen, you know. And he's like, and now it's time to do the dance of joy, and it's just you know. Well, you got like family matters, but like it's like <laughs> Urkel, family. Urkel's being a serial killer. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like fam, like how the Saw's family in the Leatherface movies. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Family Matters. Oh, see, I, I would enjoy that. Um, I'm trying to think what else would be a fun, a fun comedy that uh, that would become small a wonder. Small wonder. That wasn't funny to begin with, so why not turn it into a horror film? That yeah. would be great. Uh, robotic girl that just uh, goes on a killing spree. That would be uh, like the the modern update of Deadly Friend. I yeah. would appreciate that. Um, yeah, or, or you know what? Just make Friends a horror film. Why not? Just make it. Just make it a slasher. <laughs> i'm sure that's coming yeah so uh doogie hauser md where it's actually this genius like teenage doctor that just kills everybody i would love it i would love it uh but yeah i just think the fantasy island was is a fun i, I you know why not like if, if this is a property that no one asked for any continuation of just <laughs> to be fair so was the chips movie <laughs> yeah, and Starsky and Hutch, yeah, and like, Baywatch. I do remember seeing the Chips movie, and I I remember people complaining about that, and I'm like, well, and I didn't see the movie, I'm sorry, the trailer for it, I'm like, well, I don't really care that it's a Chips movie, but I don't think it looked that good, and I'm like, I could care less about the movie, so it is what it is, but yeah. I'm not going to get up in arms about it. Like, I needed a dark and gritty reboot, reboot of Mr. Ed, where the talking horse, it's like a sunny Well, Sam. that was hot, hot to trot with... No. Uh, <laughs> With Bob, with Bob Cat Cat no, I want I want a Mr. Ed reboot where it's like a Son of Sam situation where the horse is talking to the guy <laughs> driving him nuts. He has to go kill people to satisfy Mr. Ed. Um, yeah. So, all right. Anyway, that's not really a story. It was just more of a question. <laughs> I'm glad that we yeah, talked I mean, about it. The movie it. Yeah. looks fine, but yeah. I, again, I wasn't dying for a Fantasy Island reboot, but yeah. it, I'll probably see it. Yeah. So, last story here. This is one that Steve does not know about. It is a mystery story that are, is always fun. If I, if I actually have the story still on my phone. So, all right, here's the headline. And this will feel um, very appropriate to what we do here at Invasion of the Podcast, where we have mystery stories involving animals doing okay. things. Um, wild turkeys are taking over a New Jersey neighborhood. So here's the story. Um, just weeks before Thanksgiving, wild turkeys are taking a bold stance in a New Jersey neighborhood, reportedly terrorizing humans, breaking windows, and pecking at cars. Uh, several local media outlets have, um, have spoken to the fearful residents of an over 55 community in the township <laughs> named coincidentally Tom's River because uh, male turkeys are named Tom. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I can't get out my door, says one person. Sometimes I can't get out to my car. They go to attack you. The individual was not named in the story, presumably out of fear for retaliation from the turkeys. <laughs> Another local woman uh, said that the birds are uh, damaging property. They're pecking at our roofs. Our brand new vehicles, they're pecking at our vehicles. Um, they want the birds moved somewhere else. Um, they, the turkeys sh show up around dusk and dawn. <laughs> and like, 
Um, some appreciate their presence. Uh, they come around, say hi. Says <laughs> one person that lives there. Um, and then the local mail mail carrier, which I guess is like the 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 bane of Turkey's existence in general, it was like they do their thing, you do your thing. You're not trying to get in their way. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole thing is like uh, most most of the people are like these turkeys are harmless, but a lot of the older people are like, no, they attack us and back in our cars. <laughs> Um, and then the very last thing here says to deter wild turkeys, experts recommend tactics, including making loud noises, opening and closing umbrellas and blocking reflective surfaces. Since male turkeys can sometimes be aggressive towards their own reflections. So how do you feel uh, about a bunch of turkeys taking over a town? I feel like it's holiday appropriate. I like, do. I, yeah. I honestly feel like, uh, it's payback time. <laughs> that's your, that's your horror movie. That's yeah. your Thanksgiving horror yeah, movie right um, there. There, there was a South Park episode years ago about turkeys taking over the town, and then um, there was a Bob's Burgers from a couple of years ago where a bunch of wild birds got loose around the family. And it was, I think it was called like the turketing or something. <laughs> like, so I like the idea that these turkeys are showing up and just annoying people. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, I just, I thought it was a very appropriate Thanksgiving near story to talk about. So yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know, I. You, you think in your head, like, you know, how bad can it be? I mean... Turkeys are pretty big, though. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know, like, I guess it would have to be a gaggle of them coming after me, you know, because I just <laughs> feel like you could punt one. Well, okay, we where we live in Northeast Ohio, like, you've seen, like, gaggles of Canadian geese, though. Would you go over, if, like, one of them was being aggressive, would you kick one? Because you know they're all going to, like... I'd like, kick all of them. They, they would pull switchblades and come <laughs> after you. Yeah, no, I don't know. I I guess I guess until it's a problem that you have, it doesn't sound as uh, bad as uh, as they're making it. But if I'm ever you know pinned in my house and can't leave and make it to the show to record, just know it's because I was held down by wild turkey, not the actual <laughs> the tur- animals, no, but the, by a bottle the of wild turkey. Yeah, <laughs> be like, oh no, it's pecking my eyes out. Like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, keeps putting itself in my mouth. Yeah. All right. So, okay, that's your stories. Um, we we uh, we got into a very serious discussion about you know uh, ownership of like movies that are questionable uh, in terms of content, and then we were like, "Face Allen, sure, but what if cousin uh, Balky was a stalker?" <laughs> and then we're like, "Turkeys, you know, great in the ovens, not so much great in the streets." Mm-hmm. So that's our takes right now. So, all right, uh, enough about that. We're going to get into our our feature presentation. We're going to talk about um, Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. Before I hit the appropriate button, I'm just going to throw one of these out here. Do you know why they are called spoilers? If you've not seen Mandalorian, do not listen to the segment because I feel like we're going to spoil a lot of it. Sure. And it is something you should watch on your own. That's what I'll just say before we get into it. Yeah. Right. And now for our feature presentation. All right. And now here's our discussion about uh, Disney Plus and the Mandalorian. I don't know why I had to like, frame it that way, but that's what we're doing because... Uh, I had to I had to stop for a second. I had to do one of these. You broke the seal. And now we're back. <laughs> so, um, with 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 Rise of Skywalker coming in like let well about a month, like uh, five weeks, right? Yeah. Less than five weeks. We're getting uh, there. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it's the twentieth. Yeah, so. and then we're recording this on the thirteenth of November, so about five it's weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Disney Plus launched. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Disney owns the world now, so they made their own streaming service, and it's now available. Yeah. Kinda. 
kind of. Well, it's only, I think, available in three countries right now. And... Well, no, I'm, I'm just talking like early in the, like when we first like logged in, it was like, S- service is having problems. I'm like, well, no shit. Like the whole world is logging in. And then we started watching videos and it was like, it would like stutter. Yeah. Because I think everybody was trying to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I can't complain that much about it just simply because of the fact that, uh, it, it was launch day. I knew there was no way it was going to be smooth. We'll that's that, that that's fair, but considering that I was able to access the content that I wanted to access within reason, um, that you know, it, it it worked better than a lot of things that launch like day mm-hmm. one. Um, so, uh, should we talk about our experiences with Disney Plus first before we get into the Mandalorian? Because I feel like sure. okay, so um, I I thought it was neat when you log in um, and you make a profile, all that stuff. Which to, credit to my wife, just. By credit, I mean, she picked profile pictures. She gave me the goddamn snowman from Frozen, which is voiced by Josh Gad. <laughs> so last night she's like, oh, I see your profile picture. I was like, that's not my profile picture. Uh, one of the ones that were available was the Mandalorian. So I'm like, that's my profile picture from not Josh goddamn Gad. I just, it, it's like, it's like Jack Black had like an illegitimate child that has no talent. Anyway. Um, I tried giving Josh Gad a chance. It just, it just, he he pisses me off. It's like you're not funny. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Did not mean to turn this into a Josh Gad rant. Um, but there's like these, like, so you log in. There's like the like you see like their main header for whatever, and then it just uh, does the whole like every two seconds it changes something else. But there's these like subsections, like bubbles of like Disney, Pixar. Marvel, Star Wars, and Discovery Channel because we know that we've been clamoring for all our Discovery Channel content. So I'm glad that they brought that into, <laughs> which I love Discovery Channel, but I'm like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. So you click on the different things. So you can actually, you can sort it different ways. Wait, is it National, Ge- National Geographic? That's it, or not is Discovery. It? It's okay. National Geographic. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, National Geographic, not Discovery. Um, but you can click on those bubbles and they'll bring up content specific to them or you can search separate um, I like that it's actually kind of broken down like that. So it's like, you know what you want to go for. You can just go search it. Yeah. I like that. Um, I also, so how did you feel about like, so in terms of like, were you surprised at what is available versus what is not available? Did you actually go digging to see things that may not be available? So I didn't get to do a ton of digging, but I did start building my queue. Um so I was like, I knew immediately, I'm like, well, Marvel Animation, I'm just going to go there first. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because Spider-Man and his amazing friends is on there. Awesome. The Spider-Man cartoon that I think debuted at the same time by the same creative team uh, before it became Amazing Sp- Friends is also on there. Okay. So it's sort of like you get both versions of that cartoon. Sweet. Um, there was a version of the Incredible Hulk, though, that uh, was on like the other half hour of that hour when it was on, uh, I think it was NBC when we were kids. But that's not on there. And I, I can't seem to find that anywhere, so I don't know if maybe it just doesn't exist anymore. But uh, Well, no, there was the, like, the ones from like the 60s, too. I don't know if they had that on there. So what they did have on there that I grabbed was uh, the two Spider-Mans I mentioned, plus the 90s Spider-Man series, um, the 90s X-Men uh, there's a Spider-Woman cartoon from 79 that yeah. I had never seen. I watched the intro of that last night. I was like, well, this is weird. Yeah, so I threw that in there. <laughs> uh, there's a Silver Surfer cartoon from like 97. Well, never heard of it. There, That and Fantastic Four came out around the same time, I think. Uh, and yeah, go. It just, it, I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I threw it in my queue. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like there was something else from Marvel Animation that they threw in there. I think the 60s, is the 60s Spider-Man on there too? Maybe. Maybe I, it is, or maybe it's I not. Watched, I, I watched the first half of the first episode of uh, Spidey and his uh, Spidey friends or whatever it was. Super, super friends? That's not right. Amazing friends. Amazing friends. And... And it's like, and then I paused it because I was talking to my wife and I was trying to show her all the different things on it. And then I came back to the to the series, and the first episode was gone. I don't know what happened. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, you broke Disney. I was like, I was watching it, and now it's not there anymore. Like, I was like, I think this has to just be a day one issue. But yeah, yeah, I was watching it. I'm just like, I I don't know, I don't know who the voice of Iceman is. I he sounds very, he sounds like Fred, not Fred. Um, uh, yeah, Fred from Scooby Doo. He sounds like him. I don't know who that is off the top of my head, but it's like, but it's like the show isn't great. But like, there's this nice like quippy back and forth between the characters. I don't know if you bothered watching the first episode of that. So I've it's watched strange. them previously. Uh, I, uh, God, this was like when the first Spider-Man came out with Tobey Maguire. Um, I had cable at the time, and uh, one of the channels that I was watching would show an episode like every day. So I went through and, and watched them. Um, there's an awesome one about uh, Firestar's uh, origins, um, and it brings in the uh, the X Men. Huh. And uh, Wolverine has, if I remember correctly, he's got like a weird accent. It's not Canadian. I think it's like Cajun or something. <laughs> but he does not sound like Wolverine where you're like, wait, what is going on there? Um, <laughs> it might not be Cajun. I just remember that like it was a clearly. I hope, a, it is. A, a, I hope, I hope it's, it's Wolverine as Gambit like type of thing. It's clearly an odd choice. Well, because for... Firestar was made specifically for that show, right? Yeah, but okay. I believe she's also introduced as a mutant in the comics, because I think later. she's in the New Warriors. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I think she was made um, for the show, and then they they folded in later. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, this is over there. The the content available is crazy, um, and they also have there's the Avengers series from the mid 2000s. That's on there. Is it uh, Avengers Assemble? Yeah, I put that in my queue. Cause That's I watched, actually a really good series. I watched the first season of that whenever it was on Netflix, and I don't think I got to see the second season. Yeah, I watched so. the second season. It's like it ends kind of on a cliffhanger because they thought they were making more, but it's a solid series. But yeah. so like that's all cool. Um, I went through like I, I thought it was interesting. You click on the Star Wars thing; it has all the movies, but the Last Jedi initially so supposedly that is due to both that and solo are on netflix still so they're contractually obligated to keep them there until whenever their contract runs out and then they'll be on there so so you so if you go through and search the actual movie separate you can find a heading for the last jedi i didn't click on it um but i was looking through other things on the like the disney plus thing and i'm like one of them was like the lone ranger i'm like fine it's here i'll maybe i'll watch it finally it said due to contract issues, this is not this title will not be available till twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't understand why they're doing that. I, I, Just it, leave it off until it's available. Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, I guess I got to wait a year and a half to watch this movie I wasn't excited for to begin with. But I think they think that it's going to make people think that. You know, there's more content than there is. I don't. Know. I don't know. It just it feels a little weird to me. But it also it's just almost like this like looming threat of like, you know, by the year 2022 we'll have everything. I just feel like yeah. there's this whole moment of like, like it's coming. Well, it's it's weird too to me that like uh, certain things were left off of Star Wars, the uh, Gundy Tartakovsky Star Wars Clone Wars series that yeah. uh, we just discussed on uh, El Goro's Talk Without Rhythm isn't on there 
um, the 80s droid series and Ewok series aren't on there. And I I thought for sure they'd be on there. I'm like, well, why not? You have it. Why yeah. not just throw it up there? The holiday special isn't on there, is it? No, no. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. They'd be like, some content may just not be appropriate. As in, <laughs> is it culturally appropriate? It's like, no, it's just not appropriate anymore. I, well, I also <laughs> just assumed that like uh, the two Ewok movies from the 80s would have been on there. Caravan of Courage and... Uh, Attack on Ewoks of Plenty is. is the other. Oh no! <laughs> but uh, Ewok and roll. That's what the other. Um, I I honestly, I, you know, is I I readily own the movies, but what is you know one of the first things I do? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch the uh, end battle uh, on uh, Bespin between. <laughs> Peter and Luke last night. I could watch it any time. No, it's but I'm like, th- th- oh, it's kind of nice. Finally like, available. Like I own a handful of Marvel films, but it's like, and you look at what's available. Like I didn't, I didn't look for everything, which is fair. I know the Spider-Man standalone films are not available because they're co-owned by Sony. I know the Spider Verse is not going to be on there because that's a complete Sony thing. I get that. So I didn't look through everything. Mm-hmm. I know they have a lot, you know. Yeah. So I didn't go looking through all of that, but. Um, yeah, it was just it was just weird. It's just like you guys have all this stuff. It's like, but some of this is like you know conspicuously missing. And I, I fine, but I also feel like because there's actually like if you look through like they do they do the thing where it's like animation, comedy, like most recent picks or whatever. And then one of the the, the headings is out of the vault. That just tells me that they're going to start at some time cycling their content in and out. And that's frustrating to me because it's like people were signing up for the streaming service because they want this. And now there is no reason to not have the tap running constantly. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can also understand it, though, because there have been times where I've wanted to watch something on Amazon because uh, it's free on Prime and then gone back later and it was no longer free but, on Prime. But, that, but that, <laughs> there's a difference between that and like a Prime original. You know, like this is all Disney original. Like that's the thing that kills me. Like, yeah, I suppose that's fair. Like, um, like if if Netflix is ever like, hey, Stranger Things seasons one and two are no longer available. It's like, well, that seems like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. You know, like. Well, to be fair, I haven't bought the physical media versions of the Stranger Things seasons well, but simply I'm saying, because I'm like, why would I buy these? They're but on Netflix. You're subbed in, you know. And with with the Disney stuff now, it's like it, you're subbed in. Like, why yeah. not just make it available? I don't know. Like, but I, so I'll say this about about the the whole the interface is, is slick. It works well. Um, I like if you go in when you make a profile, it asks your preference about if you want like like thumbnail videos to play when you hover over things, and it's the default is off, which makes me happy because I can peruse things without being shouted at the entire time. Which, yeah, Netflix like, really needs to take uh, a lesson from that. Like Netflix, like you're my first love. I don't need gibberish just yelled at me every time I go to like, oh no, it's been three seconds. I better move <laughs> on to the next title. Let me let me just read it and consider as opposed to being it shoved in my face. Like yeah. I like that like it does like these little motion graphics or whatever. It's fine. It's like don't assault me with noise. Like and I like that that's the default, but you can opt into it if you'd like. I will say too, um uh when it comes to the Star Wars movies, I liked that uh they had deleted scenes up there, but that was all they had for their extras. Whereas, like, I looked at Endgame. Endgame's got like every extra I think that was on the Blu-ray release, and I'm like, you know, you guys really could put more on here because yeah. there's, yeah, um, they did put up Empire of Dreams, which is the uh, the documentary about the original trilogy that was released, I think, when they came out on DVD. So that's on there. But like, 
the you could throw all the original trailers on there because the trailers that are on there are just for the digital releases. So they're not even like the original theatrical. They trailers. could make it a treasure trove of all of that. Yeah, there's so much material that they could throw on there for Star Wars alone, uh, just as extras that they didn't. I was kind of surprised by it, but to be fair, I was also surprised that they had deleted scenes. So um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch the scene where Luke builds his lightsaber at the beginning of Return of the Jedi that was cut out. Here's so. the other Greedo and Han Solo scene. Uh, um, no, like, like again, they they've stepped the game up and like like when you like extras in terms of commentaries and deleted scenes. Yes, that's mm. what. Like, I, I know I, I always champion this film on Netflix, and I love the the film Apostle. I would love a director's commentary with that. Like, please let me have that. Yeah, um, make it known that there's things available for this. Like, I would I would deep dive, and I'm glad that they're making it available for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was overly I, I, overall. I was pleased with the content that was on there. Um, I've never actually seen the black hole, so I'm planning on watching that this weekend. Is that your nickname for Disney? Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I've never uh, uh, seen Tron. Maybe I'll get to that someday. You've never seen the original Tron? Correct. We've oh. had this discussion. Oh, <laughs> your answer just blew my mind. That's why I forgot about it. So. I'll, uh, so here's the cool thing. So Tron's on there. Tron Legacy's on there. There's no rights issues with that film. Uh, and then also there is an animated series they put out after Tron Legacy called Tron Uprising. Mm-hmm. I think you dig it because the guy, the person who was behind it was the person that did um, the Aeon Flux. Okay. So the animation is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And you actually have Paul Rubens as a bad guy in that too. Like it's a cool series and it just it, it laid the groundwork for like so much more. And then Legacy tanked. I guess I shouldn't say that I haven't seen Tron. I've seen parts of Tron. I don't know that I've ever sat down and consecutively watched the movie all the way through. So I'll just say this and we'll move on to The Mandalorian. Tron is an interesting movie. And it's a lot of fun. It doesn't make the most sense plot wise. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you watch Tron Legacy. You're like, this is a really fun movie that has a lot of cool visuals. It doesn't make the most sense. It's like, <laughs> it's a true sequel. But the, the soundtracks to both are amazing. And like, Oh, the other thing I was going to mention is uh, there's two 90s animated series that I threw on there that weren't uh, Marvel, uh, Darkwing Duck and Gargoyles. If you were somebody who uh, was into uh, Batman, the animated series in the 90s, I think uh, Gargoyles is a nice companion piece to that. I thought you were going to say Darkwing Duck. Well, Darkwing Duck's just fun. (laughs) So... Um, which is very much making fun of, of uh, superhero Let's tropes. Let's get dangerous. Yeah. But uh, uh, check out Gargoyles. I'm looking forward to, at some point, getting to revisit some of those because I have fond memories of those as well. Well, this is funny because everyone's like, Gargoyles better be on there. Like, there was this whole <laughs> thing about people. Like, they're like, don't worry, Gargoyles will be there. Um, I, I, it makes me wonder because, like, the, DuckTales has been, like, brought oh, back recently. Like, there's a Sorry. new series. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, those Beagle Boys are up to no good. Uh but there's been like a, a new DuckTales series that has like David Tennant voicing Scrooge McDuck. They have uh, Danny Putty voicing one of the, the the kids, like one of the the, the three, Huey, Dewey, and Screwy, whatever. Um, so I, I didn't check to see if that was available. Like that feels like that would be a, like a big thing too, right? Like Yeah, I didn't look for yeah. that, but I wasn't so, looking for DuckTales either. No, no, that's fair enough. But so I think if someone was like, like this is when we get like the the price is like what seven bucks uh, like a yeah. month unless you already have Verizon and you can get for a year for free, um, it's cutting the knees out from like everybody for its price. The content's crazy to a point, and I'll say this: 
unless like you're super nostalgic for like some of the TV shows, like the animated stuff and like some of the other movies, you're like, yeah, I, I get like, I was looking in the drama section. It's like 12 things. Like It's like yeah. not very, it's like, Oh, okay. So outside like the Simpsons and like some of the, some of the star Wars stuff and some of the Marvel stuff, there's not a lot of like more grown up things in there. And I get it. It's Disney plus and they have Hulu. They have a majority stake in there so they can put things out there, which by the way, I don't know if you know this runaways is actually part of the Marvel stuff. That. I think that's because it's a Hulu series. And it I is. They own. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's interesting. That's available there now too. So I just, I kind of just wish I know that it's supposed to be Disney plus, but it's like, doesn't the plus mean that you could also give me some of the touchstone pictures releases like something i have a feeling that's got to be coming i hope I, so i know like uh i remember we looked at uh adventures in babysitting uh yeah it's one on there, there yeah but it won't be on there till 2021 oh i didn't see that yeah okay. <laughs> uh but there was something else that i remember clicking on and i was like oh i'm surprised this is on here and i don't remember what it is off the top of my head um I I just brought the show to a halt, but I don't remember what it was. But it was it was definitely not a actual. I don't remember it being a Disney film, so I was kind of surprised. I was like, "Oh, well, this is on here. That's interesting." So it was clearly a Fox film at some point. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was maybe like Babysitter Massacre or something. Just like <laughs> it was not a horror movie. No. Um, was it? Was it Hands of Steel? It wasn't especially large, but it felt hard. Extremely hard. I hope it was hands of steel. <laughs> um, I when I was telling my my coworkers that don't listen to podcasts, like, what's this one about? What's what's your podcast about? I'm like, well, it's like, how do I go into like? Sometimes we get into weird like Italian knockoff films. It's yeah. like, and I could just see people just like walking out the door and into their cars and driving away. I'm like, all right, we're done now. So, all right, The Mandalorian. Um, I. As you guys are, you you know, um, Steve is the, the 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 Star Wars fan, and and rightfully so. It's 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 a great universe. Um, I've been rightfully lukewarm. So. No, no, because like you you have all it's the okay figures. For him to like you, it. You've met goddamn Luke Skywalker. You've met Leia. Um, you know, I think I think you uh, petted Chewbacca. I, I think um, I think you licked Jar Jar Binks. I think that's what happened. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, you know. I mean, yes, of the two of us, I'm probably the bigger Star Wars fan. <laughs> of the two, yeah, I think you are. Um, like, you, what, isn't your cover photo on Facebook still you meeting Mark Hamill? Uh, it was up until <laughs> Halloween, um, but uh, I had changed it to uh, the uh, Michael Myers as a ghost okay. uh, with the okay. caption uh, "Where's my beer?" <laughs> Fair enough. So, so no, no, no. Star Wars is is is, is much bigger in your life, and, and you're a much bigger fan. I'm not saying I, I, I do like Star Wars. So with that being said, I know uh, as we talked about on the show over through time, and by the way, just so you guys know in December, we're going to do an episode after Rise of Skywalker where it's going to be Steve, myself, and Jeff Ritchie, uh, who's a big Star Wars guy. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I might see if I can corral one more person into that conversation. We'll see. I think oh, it'll be a lot of fun. Interesting. Um, now, I'm going to try, try to guilt him <laughs> under the show. We'll see. Um, so... Um, like I, you know, I've enjoyed um, The Force Awakens as much as it's like episode four, part two. Uh, and I, I was hoping more for Rogue One. And I like Solo a great deal. And I know you and I are divided on The Last Jedi. So when The Mandalorian was announced as a series and you see that it's an actual like bounty hunter, like doing his thing. I was super excited because that's the Star Wars I think you would have talked about where it's like, give me space western. Mm hmm. 
and uh, we've seen one episode. There's seven more coming. Uh, I, I maybe you should I believe there's another one coming this week on Friday. I, yeah. Yes. Um, so. so before we get so this is oversaw overseen by John Favreau, um, you know, director of Iron Man one, which I think is appropriate that he helped kind of like bring in like what a Marvel film could be. And he oversaw the series being brought to Disney Plus. He couldn't direct the episodes because he was doing other things, but he oversaw it. And he, he wrote was working some of the... on that Zathura. Uh, yeah, he was working sequel. on the Zathura sequel. Yes, um, I th- yeah. Uh, so he couldn't do he couldn't do the actual directing, but he brought a lot of people in to to, to help with that. But uh, um, the director of this episode was um, uh, Dave uh, Filoni. Dave Filoni, um, which you know him from the Star- Clone Wars. Yes. The, I the, thought you were like like I know him like <laughs> Steve no. knows him no 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 like physically I, like you've met him no I'm just saying I like, have actually met him son of a bitch all right so all right so since you're best buds with him no I don't know him know him but I I have met him he was a uh, my special guest that I got to meet uh, when I was a uh, VIP at Star Wars Celebration in 2016 so I have a very uh, important Padawan yes I have a. Uh, <laughs> A print of Darth Vader fighting Ahsoka Tano that uh, he drew, and then uh, he did a little remark sketch of Vader's head on it for me. So, so there you go. So no, but he he's been like like one of the mainstays for the animated like continuation of the franchise of the universe. He's pretty much the guy that Lucas took under his wing story wise, and while the Clone Wars was running, he basically made Filoni the head of that and kind of gave him everything that was sort of in his head. So that and like the keys of the kingdom of like, this is my vision for the universe. I think Filoni, you know, more so than say Abrams or anybody who's working on the films is the true heir to Lucas's, if you want to say legacy with Star Wars. Okay. So with the series, we're dealing with the Mandalorian, which I, I saw one review and everything else about it was fine, but they're like, Oh, Boba Fett's a Mandalorian. I'm like, he's not. Like, <laughs> like I was like, he's not a Mandalorian. And correct me if I'm wrong. He's a clone of a Mandalorian. He's a clone wearing a Mandalorian's ar- a Mandalorian, but Lorian's but armor. Jango Fett is a Mandalorian. I don't think he is. I believe okay. that he is also just a clone. He well, he's he's what the clones are based off of okay so he's not an actual he's the original copy if you will but he's not a mandalorian my understanding is that he wasn't but i'm sure someone out there with more knowledge of the prequels will probably correct me on that but i was always under under the understanding that that he was not a mandalorian as well okay so so that it's implied that he beat one and took their armor as his own okay So, so you'll have to help me fill in some of the blanks here because my my knowledge of Mandalorians as a people comes from um, the uh, oh the two games the old Republic games uh, that were produced by um, uh, Bioware uh, that were released for Xbox and the Mandalorians were badass they were they were a a warlike people but it wasn't like they were going out of their way to cause wars but they they always felt like the next the once once the challenge was presented to them they were to to complete it and to win so i don't know what got thrown out continuity wise um simply because lucas had his own take on what mandalore was when they did the clone wars um and at least during the the period of the clone wars mandalore was a peaceful planet and 
the Mandalorian armor slash their warriors were sort of a relic of a of their past. They were no longer really a kind of like a Klingon thing where it's like we were warlike people before, sort of, and we're kind of known by our leg, like by by our history. And what's interesting is is that the the first arc that introduces the. Uh, the, the current Mandalorians, if you will, during uh, the Clone Wars, uh, the, one of the head Mandalorians is John Favreau. It was voiced by him. <laughs> uh, it was a character by the name of Previsla, um, who I believe Previs. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, uh, I believe at one point loses his leadership of what's called I. I feel like it's the Black Order, but I could be wrong on that. But he's got a, a group of Mandalorians that he's leading uh, that all have armor, and. I believe he loses leadership to Darth Maul. Oh, but again, some a Star Wars fan may be able to correct me on that. That's a little foggy for me because okay. I haven't revisited the Clone Wars in a while. Um, but yeah, they're sort of, at least in the most current history, they're sort of relegated to the past. Although they sort of rise up at different points during, like the Clone Wars. But uh, but their but them. their history precedes them, and like yes. if you you see Mandalorian. You know, like, watch out. This guy's probably a badass. Sorry, right. this person, guy yeah. or woman. So, with the series when it, when it was announced and you see the the armor and everything, I got excited because everyone's like, it's a Boba Fett series. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is something different because the helmets are the same. Or, mm-hmm. or, well, the same, but the coloration's different. And the armor's different, too. But, so, I was I was hoping because there there's an element of Star Wars that is like the gritty underbelly of everything going on. And I was always kind of hoping for more of that. And I thought Rogue One would be that. And it kind of wasn't, you know. And the Force and the lightsabers and all that, it's a lot of fun. But there's this whole, like, grimy, lived-in feeling of Star Wars that not a lot of other, like, sci-fi fantasy have. Like, that's not Star Trek. See, that's interesting that you say that, though, about Rogue One. Because my wife thought this felt very much like Rogue One when we were having a discussion about it. So, um if you look at the sequences on Jetta, I think that that fits in pretty well. Yeah, but it just that's fair. I just and I, I mean the film does open with uh, you know um, oh god why can't I, my brain just blanked out on me um, oh my god uh, the film I can't bl- the, well in Rogue One with Cassie and Andor what's his name Cassie, Cassie and Andor thank yeah. you. Uh, huh. You know, hey, just murdering keep, his contact to save himself. Just, just take a note, guys, that I remembered a Star Wars name that Steve yes. didn't remember. <laughs> just, just, that's not that's not going to happen again. But I mean, it's just you know, if you say the movie's not gritty enough for you, you know, that movie opens with Cassian Andor basically murdering his con- that's contact. That's fair. I just feel like that film and it just, ends it, with Vader like really cutting some dudes up. Sure, but it just that film. It just it, someone asked me today. They're like, "Oh, did you watch Disney Plus?" I'm like, "Yeah, I watched The Mandalorian." We're talking about it. So my, my my frustration with Rogue One, and this was not supposed to be the talk about the Man- Mandalorian, is that I felt like every every chance you're gonna you're gonna challenge me on this and you're gonna win just because I am I am not a person with a solid foundation with Star it's Wars. Not talk. A foundation, I just no, I just feel like every time that film could have been that dirty dozen like like Man on a Mission, it always just like was like yeah, but we gotta bring in like the Empire, we gotta do all this, we gotta it just. Like I get that, like with um with Rogue One, and I know I here I threw this out earlier, but do you know why they are called spoilers? Everyone dies, but it's like, who gives a shit at the end of that movie? That bugs me. It's like, really? 
I, it just bugs me. It's like, it just like, sir. So Jen Esso, whatever her name is, Jern Erso, a Jern Escrow, um, you know, the Jen Escrow when she's like, I rebel. She never rebelled. The only thing I cared about was the robot. Cause that was Alan Tudyk, you know, like, and just, I just wanted more of him, you know, like, well, this is a discussion for another time, but I will say that the more I watch Rogue One, the more I like it. Um, oh, that's fair. I I watched it once. I need to watch it again. And, and if there was only some type of streaming service where I could watch it available, <laughs> and that's Voodoo, and that's Steve's Voodoo that I have the password Yes, that's to. fair. <laughs> no, and, and that's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, you're wrong on Rogue One or whatever. I just, when you said gritty, I, I think that of the newer films, uh, I, I think that it did gritty far better than Solo did. That's that was fair. supposed to be about the underbelly. Of... You're right. You're right. So there was there was a um, there was a Lucas Arts game project called um, oh what what was it called Masters of Terrace Kasai. No, not the fighting game. It was something thirteen thirteen. It was supposed to be like this oh underbelly. Uh, yeah, it was a um, under underground thirteen. 13, 13, Under, Underworld, under, something like that. Yeah, that was supposed to be more of like, like, like basically a Han Solo type going to the underworld of um, um, the city planets. Corellia, uh, Cor- yeah, sure, uh, or, or uh, Coruscant, Coruscant, where it was more dealing with like the 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 huts and all the underworld stuff and all that, and it looked really cool. And then we saw like it's like it was getting into like the nitty gritty Star Wars, like mm-hmm. the very like everything's disgusting and dirty, even though the technology is futuristic. Like there's just grit going on. And you're right, Rogue One had some of that. So with the Mandalorian though, I absolutely adored that everything in here looked like it was beat the shit. Like I loved it because there is there is CG in this. Um, but it didn't feel like it felt like it was almost like a last resort. I will say too that I was surprised um, because some of that is due to the fact that it's five years after Return of the Jedi, and the universe really is the Wild West again in the mm-hmm. sense that uh, the prevailing government is gone and yeah. everybody's just sort of trying to like fend for themselves. Um, what I found interesting was is I thought the show would start not with a crawl, but maybe something that says you know. Five years after the destruction of the second Death Star, we find, you know, the Mandalorian on this planet and then go. Yeah. But there's no, like, because I'm wondering if the casual fan even knows what the timeline is. Well, so they, they hint at it, right? Like, so you have um, so you have the, the, the main character, the Mandalorian, which I, supposedly there's a story where um, the actor... Um, uh, Pedro uh, Pascal, who is the Mandalorian, which we, we it, most people know him from uh, Game of Thrones being um, uh, the Red Viper. I forget his mm-hmm. name off the top of my head, but he was part of the House of Dorn. Um, he gets his head squished. <laughs> not squished, just popped like by the mountain, right? Um, and so it, it, it's him with his helmet on the entire time, which I respect. I love it. Um, but he's, he's the Mandalorian. He's a bounty hunter. And it's just, you know, him going to an ice planet and like collecting on a bounty. But there's a bit later when he's talking to Carl Weathers, which I know that he has an actual name, but it's, it should be, it's Carl Weathers. It, 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 it's grief Karga, but it should just be like Weathers Carla or something like that. It'd be great. Jackson Actiona. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. But when, when like he goes to pay him and like, uh, like, um, was it credits? Like, um, empire credits, what yeah. he called it. Uh, he was like, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want those. He's like, they still spend. Like, he's basically implying like the empire's collapsed, and um, the Mandalorian just wants different types of currency because 
you know, the Imperial credits are not the same. And then later when we get into that little room with um, Werner Herzog of all people yeah. playing the client and you see the four stormtroopers in like their beat to shit armor. Yeah. It's like you get the notion of like, oh, they're on their last legs. They're on the run. Like I loved that. But it, mm-hmm. but it's like, it, I mean, you're right. It doesn't s- state exactly where it is, but it gives you enough to know like this is past. Yeah. And I, I dig that. Well, it's just it's interesting to me just because uh, going back to Rogue One, I know people who went and saw that movie. I don't know why you blindly go see a Star Wars movie. I mean, I guess you just see the title and you go, oh, I'm going to see that. There were people who were confused as to because they thought Jin Erso was Rey. And they there were people who just didn't understand that they were, you know, before the original Star Wars like, movie. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, that's that's the only reason I brought it up was is like the casual fan may not quite know. That's fair. Going in. I guess my whole thing is you're right. It's like why would you go see a film in a franchise and not understand its place in the franchise? Right. That feels a little weird to me. I, and maybe because you know I'll never have children. I'm never going to be that family family guy. But it's like more like oh, this is all important to me. I know the timelines <laughs> in my head. And I have friends that are like, they have kids and they have priorities. And I'm just like, can I record podcasts and can I play video games? Like I, that they're great. I get it. Like my, my world vision is way different than theirs. They're like, Oh, I don't know where this goes. I'm like, you don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, with this being said, uh, I, I, um, the, my expectations for this were high just because of the notion of it is a bounty hunter doing bounty hunter things because I want it to be more of a smaller story mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe because I feel like it's a big universe, but you can tell smaller stories that are awesome. I, no spoilers here, I adored this first episode, this first 40 minutes. I thought this was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is notable for, uh, it doesn't get any grittier than the first toilet in a star wars movie right i was gonna ask you if that was like, <laughs> like they talked about a, a vac tube or whatever and it's like can you see i didn't <laughs> apparently I, he's not very clean either it no it's look, a, no it looked like he just took a dump in there and left it but, and also the vac tube is like out out there yeah like it's like there's no there's no door, door for the vac tube um i also i knew that the blue alien was somebody i didn't realize this ratio sands yeah i recognize the voice i'm like god that's somebody I, I just i thought it was there's a there's another like overweight guy that just shows up all the comic stuff like that eh, has to be that guy and it's like and i'm not talking about pat oswald there's another guy that's like overweight guy not kevin james, james. gordon no, yeah no and, he didn't talk with a british accent yeah yeah um so that whole thing though of like that whole initial sequence you got brian Posehn being like a speeder driver like yeah. what was going not speeder whatever it was like yeah, uh, speeder, a speeder right, okay and just like him just showed up i'm like is that brian Posehn? and then <laughs> i was looking i was looking on facebook later i get someone shared that it was brian Posehn taking a picture of himself like a selfie with the tv in the background like basically being like i can tell people now i'm in star wars <laughs> like, it's amazing um and I feel like the whole series is going to be full of like, oh shit, that's that person. Yeah. But I feel like it feels Star Wars. I even though Horatio Sands was kind of like, like a little like his his being like whatever that the wormy guy that was trying to buy his way out 
that's fine. I feel like that almost feels indicative of like the current Star Wars thing where it's more conversational. That was mm-hmm. not something that happened earlier. I'm okay with that because this is a world where there is multiple languages, multiple like different types of people. And if he's the guy that's just going to just keep talking because he's nervous and he's wanted, fine. I'm fine with that. I didn't think that was a jarring difference in tone. Reading online, some people were kind of taken aback by that. I didn't care because the Mandalorian was very much entrenched he himself in like that badass star wars bounty hunter so people thought that that character talked too much the it just felt like some people said horatio sands was a different show like i I didn't feel that way though i didn't feel that way at all either i think it's just that uh it was to illustrate that you know uh, I, I I don't know. I don't even want to say to illustrate that the Mandalorian doesn't talk, but I think it was supposed to be a contrast to that. And well, and the whole thing, whenever a different type of character than we've seen before. When he named, he references Life Day and all that. It's like I get it. Yeah. He's kind of on the nose, but I don't care. Like I really don't care. Like when the Mandalorian shows up the bar um, at the beginning on the ice planet, because every Star Wars thing has to have an ice planet somewhere. Um, and he shows at the bar and like the, the locals are like, Oh, you spilled my drink. And they're trying to harass like, you know, Horatio Sands. I, I like that. He probably has a name, but it's just Horatio Sands. Um, I, that whole sequence there is amazing. Yeah. And the whole thing, this whole thing is like kind of PG 13, but the notion that like the one dude goes running out of the bar and it has like an Iris closing door effect. And, and so the Mandalorian shoots like a grapple cable and keeps the guy like stuck, stuck in, the, in door. the middle of the door and they don't show it, which I don't need that. But everybody else's reaction to that dude getting cut in half is all I need to be like, he does not care. I loved that. It was so great. Yeah. I mean, it felt very much in line with uh, in Return of the Jedi when the Rancor is eating the Gamorrean guard. And like he just turns, you didn't see him eat him, but like he's he's literally like sucking in the arm <laughs> of the Gamorrean guard. I, I felt it was very uh, much in line with that type of. Yeah, and the fight sequence is great too. Like I love the whole thing, and it's just like, yep. And then then the Mandalorian comes over to you know, Horatio Sands. He's like, I can take you in warm or cold. And he's like, oh, yeah. we'll go. This it's like that is badass. Like so, as much as like two years ago when I did the year of the Western, as in the three year three months of the Western that I did here for the show. I've been just fiending for more Westerns, and this whole episode was just one start of a Western, and I fell in love with it immediately. Like, I, you you know me, I don't gush like yeah. about things. I'm always kind of like, eh, you know. It's fine. Oh, thanks. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, I was watching this with, like, the headphones on, like, watching this, but, like, midday, the score is unlike anything I've heard in a Star Wars show yeah, or I, a movie. I did want to comment on that yes. because I think it was a smart decision not to be like, well, we'll try and make it sound like a Star Wars no. score. Like, it was a smart decision to give it its own sound. It, and It sounds like a spaghetti it western really just, well. just stretched out to space. It's yeah. so great. And, uh, you know, because I think that that's, that's one of the things that I didn't like about Rogue One was is that uh, they had troubles figuring out that score. And the score that opens the film, it's fine on its own, but it feels like it's a Star Wars knockoff yeah. score. So um, this kind of doing its own thing somehow still feels Star Wars-y. Yeah. I, I think it works. It's very much like, you know, inferred by like Morricone like I just just you just got you I'm hooked like yeah. I like I I'm biased because the score got me 
and like the the bar sequence it's like it's something that would have fit in like once upon a time in the west like it would have been just amazing and then you get the notion of him collecting his bounties and talking to weathers carl or, or action jackson and uh um and then you get like the bigger deal of him like i'm not getting paid enough and he's like well i got this one job it's yeah. like everything about that just screams western where it's like he's good at what he does people stop and look at this dude like it's very much like you could have Clint Eastwood under that armor and that's exactly what that would feel like. And mm. I just, I've just adored it. Like I'm so glad. I mean, not that things have to ape or like be like copies of stuff, but it's like, this is the blueprint that should have been in star Wars at some point. I will say too. Um, and I don't know if you read any reviews. I read a few this, this afternoon on my lunch, uh, preparing for the show. And, it was just a hodgepodge of not full reviews, but just sort of um, uh, bits and pieces that uh, were stuck together in an article. And I did notice that some of them were not happy that the Mandalorian kept his helmet on the, the entire time. Oh, that's bullshit. And I, I was kind of taken aback by that because, A, it's like uh, I compare it to like when Dread came out with Carl Urban. Like he doesn't take his helmet off at all. All in that yeah. movie, and I was like, "That's Judge Dredd. That's perfect." Yeah, I know that we're going to see him without his helmet at some point in this series with an unsquished head. But I was very glad that they didn't just within the first episode be like, "Oh, let's give like, up the ghost." Like Stallone's Dredd, where it's like, "Yeah, um, yeah." No, like, like, like I don't even know. I, I really hope that this first season we don't get his helmet. I don't. I hope they don't see it. Like, I really hope. I, I feel like we will, uh, yeah. just because you know who that actor is and you got it you got to kind of known genre commodity yeah, yeah. so I, i'm sure it's going to happen like, i'm just hoping that he's in helmet more than he is out of it like the, my only negative i'll say about the episode the on, only negative this is a small negative is that he is so well there's two things uh, one whenever he eventually takes the 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 um the job and he ends up on the uh, the mud cracked planet. <laughs> like like yeah. how it's like no, people can't traverse this. We're going to use a uh, weird uh, two legged blurgs to yeah. go across. And Nick Nolte as himself, like his guy the way. Um, but there's a bit where he's uh, see the Mandalorian on the ridge, looking at like the the base, which looks a lot like Spanish Mission from every Western ever, which I loved. He uses like this weird telescope and he looks through his helmet and through the telescope. I'm like, I'm like, that's already a darkened visor. How can you see shit? <laughs> like, a telescope? like that was one thing. I'm like, I'll let it go. It's fine. The helmet's cool. Is that once he goes down to try to collect the bounty and then, um, uh, uh Tika Watiti's, uh, IG 11, yeah. uh, the bounty bot shows up the Mandalorian gets way chatty and it's like, that was the only thing where it's like, he's supposed to be like, you know, a man based upon his actions, not his words. That was, he talked a lot and I'm like, it was still fun. Yeah. No doubt. But it's like, they set the standard of him being like, this is the muted guy who just acts. And he has his own code. I felt that he had to just because of the situation that he was in. So he was like, if I don't talk, I'm dead. Uh, cause I need to get this robot to, to you know cooperate with me <laughs> and not um, self-destruct every three seconds <laughs> yeah i thought that was really funny because like every time they do something he's like okay i'm gonna start the self-destruct sequence and he'd be like no don't do that. that that felt very very like the fun star wars yeah yeah um and i i gotta say as somebody who you know says the empire strikes back is his favorite movie never having actually seen well i'll take this back 
there are IG units that are animated in the cartoons and stuff like that, but never actually seeing like a physical one walking around and seeing that it moves different than how I actually thought it would and getting to see it be a fully functional like character was a huge joy for me. It just it, And also the efficiency of a robot shooting targets was yeah. badass. Like, cause you saw it's torso moving independent of its, of its head and its yeah. eyes. <laughs> Like that was really really cool. Like I thought that was great, but like and then um and then the whole thing of like where uh, the the people that are like in the stronghold because of this this um this assignment that the Mandalorian's on, which again, if we were talking about this, you've not watched it, watch the show where Werner Werner Herzog sends him off by giving him metal that he can turn into armor, which I know you probably know more about that than I do. Honestly, I didn't because my wife called it. She's like, oh, he's going to turn that into armor. I'm like, no, I think that's just supposed to be like a gold bar. Yeah, I had no idea use. that it was not like something that was I like just his heritage. I just it was money. So I was like, oh, it's just like yeah. money. It's like a gold bar or something. I'm the like, Beska? Is yeah. that what they called it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I she called it. I didn't. Oh, good good for her. I had no idea. I was yeah. like, oh, that's like that's like gold-pressed latinum from like, uh, is that Star Wars? Not Star Wars. Star Trek? Is that the gold-pressed latinum or is that Star Wars? So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other thing that uh, she that she was wrong on, and I'll say this: um, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I just knew it wasn't that. She was absolutely convinced that the bounty was going to be on Han. Oh no, she's I like, wasn't convinced about that. No, I know you were. I'm just saying. My wife is no, like, she's. Like, I, I, I knew, bet you it's Han Solo. I knew it's. I, I was just like, it's a Jedi of some sort. I thought. I thought it was going to be like, you know, oh, it's a Jedi we didn't know about. My assumption was that because they say he's 50 years old, I just assumed it was going to be. Maybe somebody that we knew, but who was, you know... That survived the Order 66 and all that? Yeah, effort. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it would just be like a 300-year-old year old Chewbacca. Just like, check it out. No, um, so... No, but the whole... I just... Man. The score and the scope and then the whole bit with the Mandalorian getting like... There's this code of honor between him and the armor, armorsmith. And like, I just... Oh, God damn. I loved this 40 minutes. And... I, I hate to say it, this was the most jazzed I've been about anything Star Wars in like the past like five years. Like, like I enjoyed The Force Awakens. It felt a little hollow. Um, I like The Last Jedi because it knocked all the pieces over mm-hmm. in terms of like what we think. Uh, I need to watch it again. I've watched it the one time. I've not seen it since. Um, but like it just this is the first time that I feel like the people were like. We can play in the sandbox, but we can do something that's like a little different. And it felt, I, I just, I adored it. And I really, 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 really hope that this doesn't like fall on its keys like the next few episodes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to. I don't I think, think so either. I think what helps it is not having to be tied to a specific story. The fact that they're free to do what they want, I think, I hope. helps. I hope. I, I worry with um, the the person, like Werner, Werner Herzog, who, which I was reading articles about him. He's never watched Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that doesn't surprise me about, you know. Werner Herzog, right? And the whole thing is, like, he talked to, like, when John Favreau approached him, he's never watched a John Favreau film either. <laughs> like, but he's watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians and, like, wrestling. I don't like it's so weird. He's, like, he's amazing. He's amazing. Also, he doesn't he doesn't ever look at himself in the mirror. <laughs> like there's this whole thing about him where it's like there will never be a person like him again. But it's like he gets to be in this. He's like he's like I understood the character. We talked about it. I understood him on the surface and then like below the surface. I'm like okay, we're good. But he's like yeah, never... he, he certainly wouldn't have needed you know like. <laughs> 
eight hours worth of you know film watching to get no i get it so. but it was like it was great to have him there and him implying that it's like oh i'm glad that like the the this is coming back to your people after this like period of chaos it's like but you know there's a bigger thing in play when we find out like the target which is what what is um what is the yoda's species called so that's the thing we don't know oh okay uh, so lucas has kind of always been very mum on what yoda is there's only been one other and i think i think it only appears in the council in uh the phantom menace a character by the name of yaddle but we never find anything more about yoda's species other than there's this other one that we saw in the background of phantom menace and that's it oh okay so um everybody keeps just calling it a yoda <laughs> that w- but that would be like Oh, look at my baby. It's called human being. Yeah. Like, what? I, I'm like, sure that it's going to get some sort of, you know, uh, demarcation in, in, in given a, a name. But um, just everything that I read about it was like, look at this baby Yoda. Isn't this adorable? <laughs> so that was like one of those things I felt like that was like, like kind of like that reaching across the aisle for like the Star Wars fans of like, I don't know, of like the prequels. I don't know. But the, the notion of. Of the Mandalorian who has his own code and is not afraid to shoot and kill when he needs to. Which, by the way, I was going to point out that the whole showdown uh, in that courtyard of that like that mission before they got in to find the baby Yoda. And whenever he kept telling the IG unit to not self-destruct. And then the other guys brought in that like Gatling gun. Mm-hmm. That feels like a spaghetti western where it's like, oh, by the way, more complicated. And he gets a hold of it. Like That feels like Django. And it's amazing. And I love it. And I also love that Star Wars where it's like, oh, lasers hit them and they just fall down. Like, I don't need bloodshed. I just need to show that, like, he, he solved the problem. Mm-hmm. That, I'm fine with that. I really am. I don't need gore in Star Wars. I don't. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, there have been people who are like, I want to see a, an R-rated Star Wars. I really have no interest no, in that. It's no. the same reason I don't have interest in an R-rated Star Trek. I don't care if it's no. Tarantino doing it. I don't know that I... You you know all the people in that, that, that shootout died. And yeah, they're dead. Like, and I that's fine. Yeah, I don't need uh, you know, an R-rated Star Wars movie. I don't need an R-rated Superman movie. Yeah, right. I just like that he grabbed that floating like Gatling gun and just laid waste. It's like that felt that felt very spaghetti western and it was amazing to me. And again, I loved this whole 40 minutes and uh but then whenever the IG unit is like, "Oh, well, we have to kill this." He's like, "No, cuz the Mandalorian's assignment's not from the guild of these bounty hunters. That's fine." But like, there's that brief moment to hear that you hear the phaser blast, and then the robot falls dead. Supposedly, we don't know. Yeah, I also like that. Like, droids are now like, like, oh, we could shoot them in the head. We could show that carnage, <laughs> like, which is what's been happening since the prequels. Uh, but like, you know, and then you see the the Mandalorian like with this infant, and you know that like he has a code, and he is there's a whole there's a bigger story there that I dig, and like I cannot wait for the rest of the series. Like I, the music's great. They even do, they even do some of the star Wars nods. They have the weird creatures. They have the, the big walrus on the ice planet they have, which pays off why the Mandalorian has a shock stick that you saw from the animated special. Like I like that. Cause his gun was the same. You have Nick Nolte playing a smaller version of himself with the blurg two legged, whatever they are. He's an Ugnot. So okay. he's a, 
I mean, Ugnaughts are introduced in the Empire Strikes Back, oh. so I thought it was a I fun have little spoken. Call. Yeah. No, I was just yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was a, a fun callback to a species that I don't think we've seen much of in it, any it other was, incarnation. And, and, and like you could tell, Nick Nolte was kind of giving a shit with his performance. It was solid. Yeah. And then there's the whole like taming of the Blurg, which by the way, the Blurg reminds me of like there's these two legged beasts that you would find in the game. Oh, what was it? There was a brawler that had like these two legged animals that show up. I'm like, are they just copying this? Like they would just. Um, <laughs> I guess there's from somewhere in the eu so okay, great I, I don't know and even though i felt like that was kind of like compressed of him of the mandalorian like like domesticating a uh, breaking a blurg mm-hmm. fine whatever i'm because because you got like a nolte's character saying i thought mandalorians didn't back down from a challenge and it was like okay you're learning more about everything going on and i dug it it was fine considering how much time is compressed in a lot of star wars films that didn't feel out of place yeah and that didn't feel like compared to like episode two. What was the name of the animals that like Anakin and Padme were on? That was weird. They're having like their courtship. Oh god, uh, they're like space cows. I don't. It, but they're not that are. far off from the Blurgs. No, they're you not. Know? Yeah, the Blahs. Uh, but so I, I that was fine with all that, and just, it was it felt Star Wars enough. And then we didn't even talk about the um, the puppets being roasted for meat, and like. The one town, yeah, they're uh, oh god, um, salacious crumb. They're salacious people. crumb, but I believe they're called like uh, oh man, it's like uh, delicious crumb. No, um, I'm blanking on the name now, but uh, it's like something <laughs> space monkey. It's like uh, uh, we'll say Wakandan space monkey, something along those ta- lines. Tatooine space chicken. Yeah, I don't it's... Know. but the fact that like they had one of them like roasting on a spit made me laugh. But then you see one of them in a cage, like like crying. Yeah, up. like like I was like, this is amazing. Like this shows that like oh, we're gonna have puppets in this. We're gonna. Well, I think the <laughs> other thing that I think we're gonna the... eat those puppets. I think the thing that was the most, um, the biggest revelation for me was that the Mandalorian is not singular in this series. Um, no, there's we more see them. him yep. go into a cavern, and we find out that there's a whole group of them. And that's interesting to me, which means, or it doesn't mean, it, it makes me think that they're playing off of Favreau's, his experience with what he did as the voice of Pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars, because he's in a couple of seasons. He's not in like a ton of episodes, but he he makes multiple appearances. Um, and the fact that whatever the order was that he was trying to resurrect his character was during the Clone Wars, I think this might be an offshoot of that. Okay, yeah, I think it's awesome. I like the armor, and we're gonna get um. Uh, <sighs> I don't know where Gina Carano's character is. I think she's another bounty hunter, but I think we're going to see, we're going to see more Mandalorians. And there's the whole notion of whenever he was like the, the, the armor asked him was like, has your crest been revealed? He's like, not yet. There's a bigger story there. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. I really do. I loved this 40 minutes and I hate to say that I was more excited for this 40 minutes that I've been for like the past seven hours of star Wars output from, from Disney. But God damn, this was fun. And I dug it and it was gritty and mean at times. I'm not mean as in like mean spirited, but it's like this the world we live in and like it's cutthroat and the score I just I hope when we're done with the season that it's available, I'm I'm gonna buy it because it's amazing. Yeah, and I'll just echo what you said at least about um, you know, the series being its own thing and getting you excited, and that's actually 
the thing that I think that excites me about the series that are also going to be forthcoming, there's going to be a Cassian Andor and K2SO series that's going to take place before Rogue One. I think that's going to be a lot of fun because they don't really have any story responsibilities. All you need is him to be at the beginning of Rogue One. So you don't have to, you don't really have to do anything specifically yeah. tied to anything. You know, you can have nods, you can have references, but you can tell your own story with him. Um, and then they're going to be doing the Obi-Wan series. And the thing that I like about that is, is that this is the 20 years, you know, it's set between the 20 years between Revenge of the Sith and the beginning of New Hope. Um, and yeah, it'll probably take place on Tatooine because he's he's watching over Luke. But they don't have any real story responsibilities either there. So they can do a lot of character development with Obi-Wan. They can do a lot of, you know, what was that time like and what kind of adventures did he get into while yeah. he was on Tatooine? Um, I think that those are, you know, if the Mandalorian is an indication of what those series are going to be like, I think we're in for a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I love this. I, I hope that the rest of it carries through. I believe it will. And um, we'll see what happens next. But, yes, if you've not watched this, we've ruined it for you. But but not really. Like, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. And it's great. And go sign up for Disney Plus. If you're a Verizon uh, customer, you get it for a year for free. Yeah. So um, I don't have anything uh, else really to add other than, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Marvel series stack up against these Star Wars shows. So, yeah, no kidding. I, I'm, I'm more excited for the What If series that like right now then like th there's a whole thing on Disney plus. It's like expanding the universe and everyone point out to like the letter X is like highlighted. I'm like, they didn't talk about it during the whole, it's like a 13 minute <laughs> thing with Kevin Feige talking about the new series coming. And it's like, he talks about the winter soldier. He talks about like WandaVision, and then like, but it's like, that all looks pretty great. Yeah. But yeah, like, and I know he took some heat recently for saying that, uh, Wanda is going to be a big part of the Dr. Strange sequel. And uh, he's like, well, if you don't watch WandaVision, you may not know everything that you need to know about Wanda when we get to Doctor Strange 2. And people were like, oh, they're already starting with the gatekeeping. And I'm like, look, people who are watching the Marvel movies are probably going to watch WandaVision. Like, and I have a feeling that if this is, <laughs> if this is a movie released in the theaters, they're going to give you a way in. Yeah, like I think they're aware of it, absolutely. But I watched, I watched. There's a 13 minute thing, like the expanding universe. I watched it last night, and aside from like, you could tell that like Kevin Feige was like at the the D23 Expo, and it was like it was a stacked house in favor of. So every single person he named, people cheered. It's like these are writers and producers of these series, which good for them. They're doing the Lord's work. You don't know who they are. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> like the entire time, I'm like, I don't know who these people are, right? Like, so, but yeah, it was it was cool. Like, it was, like, they, and I, I, I will admit that whenever the, the Moon Knight thing flashed on the screen, I got excited. Like, and also when they show the Loki, like, intro, like, the letters to Loki were changing fonts, like, the individual letters. So, this is going to get weird. Yeah. And. I'm super excited. Like there was an article on crack.com recently saying Marvel films are now entering, entering their 1970s phase where things got weird. I'm like, bring <laughs> it, you know? So, yeah. So anyway, Disney plus. Yeah. Like if you are a Verizon customer, get it, get it for free for a year. Uh, if not, it's like seven bucks to add on to things. And yeah. like, if you want to watch the Mandalorian, then watch it through December, which I noted, I was reading an article that, um, they're they're staggering 
So they're they're putting out an episode most Fridays, but they're putting out the episode like the Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because they don't didn't want to compete yourself. Yes. And then so like then like the last episode is the Friday after. So like okay. they're aware of their own release schedule. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh what was it? I I think it was actually maybe the first season of Punisher, or maybe it was a Daredevil season. I don't know. I just remember when Superman <laughs> Batman came out, uh Marvel Netflix released one of the series. They're like, Oh, by the way, the same day yeah, we're putting it was this it up. was Daredevil season two, they're like <laughs> Oh, by the way, you announced Batman vs Superman. This is coming out. <laughs> like it was like, and you can watch it for free at yeah, home. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh yeah. So, all right, yes, Mandalorian's amazing. Uh, you know, you guys have heard me. I've always been kind of like, I've liked things. I've maybe I've not loved them, like because I feel like just consuming media so much where you just kind of like get a little like deaf to some of this. This is, or, or I should say, um, numb. This oh, is probably the right words. Yes. I, I, this is unrelated to The Mandalorian, but it is Disney Plus related. Uh, there's a fun little show on there that's called, uh, I think it's like The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, we watched it last night. It's a half hour. It's fun. Every episode is just him investigating uh, a uh, different uh, 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 topic. And like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> last uh, night's episode uh. was about sneakers, and uh, uh, uh. it was very fun. So. I would highly recommend that. Uh, uh, they provide support for your ankles, and uh, uh, you can just. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, I have not watched that yet. I just, I, I, I know it would be amazing because of Jeff Goldblum, and he is, he's a treasure that we should, we should always, always appreciate. So, yes, all right, we're, I'm sure we'll talk more Star Wars because that's what we do here. That will do it for our discussion about Disney Plus and The Mandalorian. Um, as we go along, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. So if you guys have seen the first episode, uh, you guys can share your thoughts on our Facebook page, which is Invasion of the Podcast. Um, we do have a blog. Uh, it's invasionofthepodcast.com. Uh, surprise, surprise, I added a new entry, like yesterday. A new canon film. Yeah. So I kind of broke from my plan because, you know, that's what I do. I'm going to show Steve a GIF. I don't know if you've read my discussion of Death Wish 4. Um, Steve, I don't know if you've read it yet because it's amazing. Probably not because, you know, I just I just go on and on and on. Let me show you my favorite GIF that I made from Death Wish 4. <laughs> Little Danny Trejo action. Watch it. <laughs> what, what is this? Describe it. So Danny Trejo, I believe I actually mentioned this last week when we were on, uh, we were talking about you watching this movie. Uh, Danny Trejo is sitting at a table with uh, uh, Paul Kersey and another mobster. Um, basically, Paul Kersey throws some water in his face and then runs away from the table, which then explodes because he set down a wine bottle bomb. Yeah, but I love how you can see that they're both it, dummies. <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys go on evasionthepodcast.com and check out the blog, you can definitely see the brief moment before the bomb goes off that that's not real people at the table. <laughs> like, it is amazing, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and then also at the very end, uh, there's also another uh, gif of uh, that I put up of, uh, of uh, Charles Bronson shooting <laughs> with a rocket launcher of somebody wearing a very 80s jacket getting blown up that it looks like a mannequin. So if you guys want to look at my gifts that I've made, which I absolutely adore making gifts uh, for our year, anything we're talking about for the blog. So you guys can check that out um, and see if, if death wish four is better than death wish three. And I'm going to watch uh, death wish five 
and write about it next. So I want to run the series. I've not watched Death Wish 5. So I've, yeah, we'll I've... see. It's called The Face of Death. We'll see. We'll see if it's any better than the other ones. Um, you guys can find us on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and Podbean and uh, you know wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, find us, rate, and review us. It would be greatly appreciated. Tell people about the show if you think it's funny and entertaining or if you think it's entertaining and not funny. Let people know. If they're like, you know, that Steve guy knows what he's talking about. That Paul guy has no clue. That's fine. Just let people know and have us listen to the show. Have them listen to the show. We are listening to the show. It'd be great. And and Steve, how can people find you? You can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. And you can see myself and Ryan Cassandi uh, locally here in Cleveland at Genghis Khan, December 1st. That's a Sunday. It's going to be from 2 to 7. Uh, it's in a uh, it's in the flats. Uh, it used to be in Lakewood, uh, Genghis Khan, but this year they're moving to a new location. Uh, go to GenghisKhan.com or uh, look for it on Facebook. Uh, and they're also on Instagram. Uh, it's a wonderful small press expo. Uh, it show basically covers a lot of local talent, but also uh, like this year they've got Becky Cloonan coming. For those of you who know Becky Cloonan, she's a um, indie artist who's also worked for both DC and Marvel. Um, she's kind of a big deal, so uh, she'll be there as well. So come check out the show; it'll be fun. Perfect. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up the show as we do with a game. I'm going to test Steve's knowledge of his. Hallmark uh, Channel Christmas films, and let's just have that happen. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> so I was um, looking up like ideas to 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 put Steve through some various degrees of uh, frustration because we're past Halloween. And now I feel like everybody's like leaning into Christmas. I don't agree with that, but that's what's happening right now because there's Thanksgiving that's going on. Yeah. Um, and it snowed. <laughs> yes, it snowed. Like um, frustratingly, it's it's like mid-November and it snowed enough to be like, oh, this is going to be a hassle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate I hate snow. I hate, I hate Ohio this time of year. But whatever. Anyway, um, they, so... I decided I was like, well, I was trying to find like Thanksgiving like related things and that there's not a lot of that. However, Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel like announced like their 2019 like marathon like Christmas films. Okay. And because that's a thing that now everybody's looking forward to, like shitty, shitty holiday Christmas films from Hallmark Channel. Because we talked about some of our favorite ones earlier in the episode. None of these are on that list. So I'm going to, so I found a list of films and I, I said, I cheated a little bit from this year and last year. You're going to tell me if this is a real title from a Hallmark Christmas film or not. Okay. So, so here we go. <clears throat> Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. That's, that sounds real. That, that sounds, that terrible, is real. That sounds real. Uh, Christmas at Graceland home for the holidays. I am. My throat made like a really weird noise there before I was going to answer. Um, I guess I'm having some acid reflux or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not a reaction to that title. I'm going to say that's real. That is real. Um, all right. Um, the reason for the season, Apollo Dean Christmas, and the word season is spelled like seasoning. <laughs> I I hope that's false. That is false. That's okay. not real. Okay. Oh man, 
Paula Dean. I guess I guess people just forgot about that whole thing. So I mean, you got to put a content warning in front of Paula <laughs> Dean, right? Um, all right. <laughs> These were products of their time. It was five years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just got to add butter and racism, y'all. All right, like, uh, all right. Christmas Eve Eve. Oh, that sounds terrible. I, I'm going to say that's false. That That's also false. Okay. I just like the notion of like, oh, it's Christmas Eve, Eve. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Since Sensibility and Snowmen. Oh, that's just bad enough to be real. That is real. All right. What about this one? Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. I mean, there is a Pride and Prejudice in Zombies, which unfortunately, as amazing as it sounds, is terrible. Um, so I'm going to say that that's false, though. That is real. Wow. Yeah, it was the they made this one this year, and the the, the, the um, sensi- sensibility of Snowman was from last year. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll make up a fake Jane Austen one. There's like four Jane Austen books, so mm-hmm. no, it didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, baby, it's cold outside. That's real. That's false. Really? Yeah. Feels like that should be real. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's it's strange and kind of rapey, you know, whatever. So, all right. <clears throat> Make Christmas great again. Oh, God. Please tell me that's fake. That is fake. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, sometimes I'm like, that's too funny, and it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> um, oh, it's funny. It just feels too real. Yeah. A shoe addict's Christmas. <laughs> i'm gonna say that's real that is real all right it's christmas carol i'm gonna say fake that's fake god damn it i thought that i thought that would it get was, you it was close i was like it it could be real yeah all right angel falls a novel holiday angel falls um, is that the uh, sequel to Angel Heart with uh, yes Mickey Rourke? And <laughs> yeah, Robert and Robert De Niro. De Niro. Yeah, and someone gets a shotgun in the, the, <laughs> the you know in the hoo ha. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say that's false. That is real. Uh, an unforgettable Christmas. That feels real. That is real. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, a mail order Christmas, but mail is spelled M A L E. Yeah. Boy, that's a tough one. Because they don't really get into, like, you know, uh, anything that might be uh, anything sexual uh, when it comes to Lifetime. Well, they they save that for their, like, you know, movies of the week. Um, I'm going to say that's false. That is correct. You're right. All right. Uh, a Jewish Christmas. <laughs> Please tell me that's false. <laughs> Because it's almost bad enough to be like, I could see them making that. It is false. <laughs> I just wanted you to be like, what? Like, I just, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, marrying Father Christmas. That sounds real. That is real. All right. Um, all right. What else we got here? Uh, is it just Father Christmas Santa Claus? Like- yes. Yes. Um, Alice in Christmas Land. That feels real. That is real, man. You have a you have a good nose for this, or or the ones that make up with makeup are terrible. I don't know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Apparently, I've got a nose for shitty holiday movies. <laughs> uh, mingle all the way. 
<laughs> I I I hope it's it's fake, but that uh, is real. Uh, it should have been called Christian Mingle all the way. Yeah, Christian Mingle all the way. All right, it would have been the sequel. Ten Lords of Leaping at Christmas and Dance. Fake. <laughs> that is fake. Um, all right, what else we got here? Uh, let's see. I think I burned through all of them except for. Um, where is here? The last one. Jingle in the Hay and Arkansas Christmas. <laughs> it's got to be fake. It is fake. Oh, man. You you pretty much sussed out like what was right and what was wrong. I really tried to come up with like the most bland, worst titles ever. So, yeah. I declare myself a winner. Yes. So, all right. Steve can, can tell because he's watched the Hallmark movies. He's not going to admit to it, but he has. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for the game next week. Toys that made a season three. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Yes, because uh, I honestly the toy lines that they're doing, I know very little about. I mean, the one that I probably know the most about is the turtles. Yeah, but for the most part, I'm kind of like the the first two seasons had you know toy lines that I cherish and love, so I knew a lot about them going in, and I still learn stuff. So going in with even less knowledge. I have a feeling it's going to be a, a, a fun set of episodes. Yeah. So yeah, it will be a lot of fun. It's available on Netflix, not Disney plus. So you guys can check that yeah, out, but it's not available till Friday, I believe. Yeah. So, Oh no, I guess you guys got to hold off till Friday. So yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, have a great week. Uh, check out Disney plus and the Mandalorian because it's amazing. Uh, and then, and then watch questionable content after. <laughs> <laughs> Have a discussion with your kids about why Dumbo is inappropriate. Yeah. Both of them. The old one and the new Tim Burton one. I don't know. Dan DeVito is culturally inappropriate. Tim Burton must be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yes. Tim Burton must be stopped. <laughs>